This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, Matt Delhauer returns for a new entry into our What the Fuck Happened series, the series where we take a look at comic book movies that bombed big and try to determine what the fuck happened. Matt is taking us back to the late 90s as he breaks down the Shaquille O'Neal-led superhero movie Steel in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, July 26th, 2021. Hello and what's up, listener? How's it going? Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we deliver comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the nerd. And joining us very special. No, stop triggering the end of the show. Oh, shit. We got to welcome our special guest this episode, our buddy, friend of the show. He goes back to the very beginning, of course. It's the ginger geek, Matt Delhauer. What's up, buddy? What's going on, fellas? <laughs> How's it going? Great to have you back. It's going well. It's going really well. Yeah. I, I was thinking back on it, and I think the last time I was on was, God, what, like September of last year? It was the. I think wow. it was the last What the wow. Fuck Happened, possibly. So it was around that time, it maybe was. a little later, Whoa. maybe like November or something. Well. I don't trust me. <laughs> what do I know? I'm just a jackass. Rug Boy <laughs> is uh, not going to be with us. He fell through another wormhole or got pruned uh, from the timeline again uh i ordered another variant rug boy it should be delivered by our next show don't worry this one's gonna be even drunker yes the <laughs> variants they get cheaper and cheaper the more even you order them in bulk oh you get a great price on rug boy variants anyways this one's gonna be even more trigger than he already is <laughs> oh on god Twitter. i don't think <laughs> i don't think that's possible what? <laughs> right, Rugs? The man yeah. cannot stop arguing with people oh, on Twitter. He get his Twitter feed, at really Boy. make sure to follow. It is quite entertaining. Del Hour, we have you here because the title we are doing, you've seen the title, listener, we are doing a brand new entry, the 16th edition of What Ooh. the Fuck Happened series. Sweet 16. <laughs> I was going to say, Sweet 16, Ooh. baby. Where... Is this party being held? Oh, is it? How uh, much money is being spent on this Sweet 16? I, I think we rented out the back room at the Buffalo Wild Wings. It was cheap. Uh, so janitor's we're gonna, closet, actually. Just, just I closet. specifically demanded that it be the Hilton at the airport. <laughs> Listen, the Chuck E. Cheese was booked. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nothing like airport bars or uh, hotel airport bars. Yep. Those are the, fun, the most fun. That filled with... The, the the most mentally competent people you're going to come across. <laughs> you get all the drunk convention honeys, right? Yeah. Oh, shit. I don't even know if you get any no. honeys. Okay. No, I'm going to say no. I'm going I'm to go with um, pilots who wish they had stopped being pilots years ago, Alec. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, th- I think the, the, the age range there is like 45 to 56. Single depressed mm, that's the pool all right yeah. well there's some people that's uh that's a plus i don't know actually i have a question though i have a couple questions for Nerdhauer. i have not been to the airport hilton in some time <laughs> that's good to know that's, so that eliminates question number one okay great uh, question number two 
Imran kind of alluded to this, but did you watch Loki and what were your thoughts if you did? I did watch Loki. Uh, I enjoyed it very much as a longtime fanboy of Doctor Who. It was yeah, uh, essentially yeah. what I was looking for. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say, I don't know if this is a uh, controversial statement on your podcast, but I believe that having a sexual relationship with your own variant, perfectly fine. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? That's fine, yeah. Yeah, it's you're just fucking yourself. What does it even matter? You're not hurting and, anybody. And I think I saw someone make this argument online. This is something that could really n- physically never, ever happen. Yeah. It's there's fantasy. no point Who in even shit? so there's no point in even debating it because it it's, can't happen. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't have a stance on something that can't happen. Exactly. It's absolutely. Like, this, this is the exact same thing as just sitting there getting into an argument about whether or not ethics <laughs> came into play in Jurassic Park. Doesn't fucking <laughs> matter. <laughs> <laughs> can't happen. The situation will never happen. But yeah, uh, what did you think of the ending? Um, very talky. I had to watch it a second time because I got very um, the architect from Matrix vibes on how it all went down. But I enjoyed it. I like the idea of ending on a very cerebral note instead of having, you know, we're going to do a big punchy up fight with the big bad guy at the end. And and we're going to spin around in the sky shooting beams at each other. Yeah. Um. I do. I, I'm sure you guys have seen it because you know you're, you're you're hip. You know what's going on in the now. The uh, the video that was going around showing that both the uh, WandaVision and Loki oh, endings yes. line up yes, at the I, exact moment when when Wanda breaks reality. I had a feeling something like that was happening, and yes, they line up, and it makes sense, and it's awesome. I love that. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, all in all, really enjoyed it was uh, along for the ride. Um, I know some people were like, oh, I think episode three was stupid or something. <laughs> but my response was, they did like a 10-minute one-shot take at the end of that, that episode. Was and that was fucking cool. Oh, it's beautiful. So yeah, ultimately, I, I enjoyed it. I I have not had Disney Plus uh, really upset me at all with anything that they've put out this year for Marvel. As far as Marvel? Yeah. Rate the, pre- okay. well, uh, rate the three series. Which ones do you like? What order would it is Ooh, it for you? boy. It's funny because I like I like each one of them for different reasons. Sure. Uh, I really loved, like, WandaVision was one where I really was kind of tied into just, like, every episode. I'm like, I got to fucking know what's going on here. I right. need to see the next episode because it had that mystery element. And while Loki had that a bit as well, I was more into the fantastical journey of it. Yeah. I think Loki was the best looking show. It had uh-huh. the most uh-huh. cinematic look to it. Okay. But I do also like that Falcon and Winter Soldier felt like a return to classic Marvel as we've known it throughout the past 10 years. Yeah. yeah. Which I can call classic over the course of 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) That's not classic. But I don't know. I I would say out of all of them, I would probably put Loki top. Yeah. Okay. I would probably put WandaVision second, but it's very close with Falcon and Winter Soldier just because Falcon and Winter Soldier... I liked what we got. I think it was a little kludgy, and I definitely think they didn't stick all of the landings at the end. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, at least WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier, I felt had some closure at the end. Things were kind of resolved and wrapped yeah. up, and and that was my only problem with Loki. I was like, oh, you gave me half a thing in the middle. You didn't write the end. Okay, whatever. 
I'll write. Yeah. Well, and I will admit, at least they were willing to say right then and there. Yeah. We are we are looking to continue this show rather than the other ones where it's like, no, this is done forever and this one's leading to a movie. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen after this. Yes. Right, yeah. Right, right. All right. Cool. There you go. All right. I like it. Uh, all right. Back to Steel, you fucks. <laughs> what the fuck happened to Steel? I want to ask one more question to Del Hauer. Where, how did you end up on choosing Steel from 1997? Oh, boy. Well, let's see. Um, <laughs> oh, geez. Last time I talked to you about this, Imran, I was down to two choices. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It was either going to be Steel or it was going to be Jonah Hex. Oh, boy. And uh, Which I guess means Jonah Hex will just have to be next, probably. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Megan Fox in it, though. I, mean, I, think, I think I finally decided on Steel because I was like, neither of these movies have a lot of information about like how or why they were made. Yeah, so I'm yeah, going to have yeah. to do a lot of work. And if I'm going to have to do a lot of work, I'd rather go with something I think is going to be dumb fun rather than just dumb. I like that reasoning, and I, did, I think you made the right choice. Uh, so let me set the scene for what the fuck happened to Steel before we get the recap and analyses from the Delhauer. This movie, Steel, released the weekend of August 15, 1997. Let's all go back 24 years to 1997. The number one song that week of August, I'll Be Missing You by Puff Daddy and Faith Evans. Oh. Featuring 112, you know, when Puff Daddy figured out he could just steal police songs and change the beat and talk over it. His best friend got murdered. Get yeah, off his well, back. Jesus that, Christ. It is, it is, Jesus it's a, Christ. It's a touching man. song, but uh, I liked it the first time I heard it when the police did it. Anyways, uh, in the movie theater, burning up the box Jesus office. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. <This guy. laughs> best friend is murdered. He's like, oh. Song could have been better. He is sad. a fucking thief, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to memorate your best friend's death by stealing P. Diddy. Really? Is that any kind of example? I don't know if that's really stealing. It's it's bad boy records. He's a bad boy. He is a bad boy. He is a bad boy. I'll give him that. Uh, at the theaters, you would, if you went to the box office, you had your choice of these top, top grossing movies, Air Force One, Copland, and Conspiracy Theory, making a lot of money at the time. And here's something really interesting. Just a few days earlier, Comedy Central on August 13th, 1997, debuts fucking South Park. Oh, shit. The premiere. So we are at the beginning of South Park. Uh, and what's ironic, Dalhauer, you picked this movie. This year, 1997, we are familiar with, and what the fuck happened? This is the third movie that we've done Jeez. from 1997. Yes. yes, it is. It's, it's, steadily, it's steadily creeping up on taking the title. It might even Holy have done shit. so. Yeah, so what were the other two? 1997 also gave us Batman and Robin, George oh, Clooney, fuck. Chris O'Donnell, and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh shit! Oh, we didn't. We didn't do that. We didn't do that. Uh, oh, we reviewed, we reviewed it. That, okay. Yeah, you well, guys close did that. Enough. We did. That was a, that that was was a, a Patreon uh, movie. Okay. That was a Patreon. Okay. okay. That but, almost you know. felt like a what the fuck happened though. Honestly, it might as well have been. <laughs> yes, but we also have Spawn coming out that year. You have Turbo, the Power Rangers movie, and Men in Black. Stop. Uh, well, uh, Men in Black was good, but beyond that, stop putting things on my list. Yeah, no, those are all <laughs> bad. I'm just saying Men in Black was Men like the Black's one good. good thing that came yeah. out, comic book adaptation. And then, Anthony, let me ask you this. 1997, where was Shaquille O'Neal's uh, career and reputation at? Do you remember? Can you go back? I think he was with the Lakers by that point. He was. Um, he was with the Lakers. Uh, Shaq was a big deal. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, if, he, if they had him in movies... 
He, he was a big deal. We'll, we'll touch on it later on, but yes, he was he was both with the L.A. Lakers and uh, had just come off of playing on the 1996 uh, men's Olympic basketball That's team for the right. U.S. That's right. All right. So and keep in mind, uh, and, th- and this is, you know, Shaq hadn't won any championships yet, but he was already like probably the best center in the league and, you know, for the NBA, at least had a ton of charisma. We'll we'll get to yeah. what that means. When it translates to movies, <laughs> That's that but. Translate. So he's living large. It's kind of like Shaq time. I knew Shaq. Yeah, I mean, I think Kazam just came out the year before. Yes, right? 1996 uh, yeah. Kazam came out. Yes, but I knew Shaq because I loved old school hip hop from the early 90s. He did an album with the Fushnikins, and he puts out a song. Can we rock? What's up, Doc? Can we rock? And he wasn't bad actually with the Fushnikins. I was like, oh, Shaq's not a bad rapper. What do you know? So that was a few years earlier. So now let's let's also be clear though. Yeah, Shaq's not a good rapper either. He's not good, but he was able to keep up with the Fushnikins and very much like I'm going to touch on when it comes to <laughs> acting. <laughs> All right, Shaq can say words. He can say words in order, and uh, that he memorized earlier in the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the character of Steel, of course, this movie is loosely. <laughs> Very loosely based on the DC Comics character Steel, also known as John Henry Irons. First appearance, The Adventures of Superman, number 500, June 1993. This character comes out of the death of Superman at the hands of Doomsday storyline. He is one of the four replacement Superman in the mid-90s that all got their own solo comic book titles. Uh, And that was uh, Superboy, The Last Son of Krypton, Steel, and The Cyborg Superman were until, of course, they brought Superman back from the dead. I was going to uh, say, who was the fourth? Was it just Superman again? It was No, it was Superboy, and then one mm-hmm. dude was called Last Son of Krypton. Oh, see, yeah. I thought Superboy, Last no, Son no, of no, Krypton two was people. like the full name. I was like, <laughs> oh, damn, that's actually a dope title. <laughs> they uh, No, they split that up. It was two different people. Uh, Steel created by Louis Simonson and John Bogdanov. Louis Simonson, married to Walt Simonson, does amazing, amazing Thor runs, amazing work in Marvel and DC. On Rotten Tomatoes, this movie is sitting at a healthy 12%. Not the worst. Mm. 3.2 out of 10. Not the worst. It's uh, still not the worst we've there's, done. There's 11 points, uh, you know, below it. Uh, and here's, uh, here's where it gets really uh, quite embarrassing. The budget of this movie, $16 million they, uh, they, they paid to make this movie. Opening mm. weekend, it makes $870,000. It finishes its domestic entire theatrical run at $1.7 million. Wow. Wobby John. Oh, shit. Wow. 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 That is, that is alarming <laughs> wow. and shocking. Uh, the movie written and directed by one Kenneth Johnson. Brana? What? Ken, not no. Kenneth Branagh. That's a <laughs> different Branagh. That's a different Thor movie. Now that. <laughs> Is a that's a swerve. Steve Kenneth Branagh <laughs> by Steel would have been great. Uh, Kenneth, Can you imagine? Yeah, been All awesome. the Dutch angles. I was going to say so many Dutch angles. <laughs> this one had some Dutch angles. They were trying. Uh, but Kenneth Johnson, most known for writing, he wrote on the Bionic Woman back in the seventies, the Incredible Hulk show in the seventies. Uh, he wrote that V Alien miniseries that I loved as a kid, and created uh, the Alien Nation. TV series and whole thing. So he liked to write about aliens and and uh, and stuff and women who are bionic and women who are bionic. We we have the technology. So written directed by Mr. Johnson, produced by Shaquille O'Neal, Quincy Jones, 
also producing and some others, which is why you get some fun music. Uh, and of course, starring Shaquille O'Neal, you got Annabeth Gish uh, as the female. Uh, as the girl as in the chair. Girl in the girl in the chair. Yes, Susan Spice. As, as his best friend? I guess. It's a weird yeah. relationship. Judd Nelson as the bad guy in Nathaniel Burke. Uh, the amazing Richard Roundtree, OG motherfucking Shaft himself, as Uncle Joe. Uh, in Irma P. Hall, you got Ray J. Charles Napier, a bunch of other great uh, old school character <laughs> I love actors. The fact that Ray J.'s in this fucking movie. Ray I, I, when I saw J. the opening credits and that they put Ray J., I was like, <laughs> "What? <laughs> Ray J. is this? Martin?" As you can see, I have I don't remember seeing this in full. So I think this I, was my first. One time. of my favorite things about it was I was watching uh, a video. Someone had, I think it was Joe Blow had done a uh, awfully good movies video on this movie and they referred to him as pre-kardashian ray j <laughs> <laughs> that's good you know he never mind <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into it when he we used get to, to he used to have an identity before doing that yeah didn't we all yeah <laughs> then we fucked a kardashian <laughs> oh shit it. wish we could wish we well never mind all right, look, as we go into this, as I hand over the reins to Delhauer, let's just all remember, at this point, Shaq is a little over seven feet tall and weighs a little over 300 pounds. This is important to just keep in your mind because uh, it's... It it's, will. Yeah. It will come up. It will come up. I thought so. <laughs> yeah. And the theater goes dark. There's nobody in it. Is it COVID? No, this is 1997 and nobody has come to see this movie. <laughs> I was going to say, it's 1997. It's opening weekend It's of opening Steel. weekend of Steel and it made $2 <laughs> and uh, and roll Delhauer. Okay. So let's, let's just jump on into this one, gang. So this movie opens up with uh, a a tank rolling its way through what I can only imagine is the Warner brothers back lot. <laughs> um, and as it's, as it's making its way over the greenery that is in this one small patch of grass that they happen to be in, it, it is shot at with a crazy laser gun coming out of the brush that uh, blows up the, the tread on the tank and it, it, it like superheats the side of it and so on and so forth. What we find out is that this is apparently uh, an army weapons demonstration being held by the army weapons division, I guess, <laughs> um, where we meet such characters as uh, John Henry Irons, as played by Shaquille O'Neal, and his uh, partners Susan Sparks, known as Sparky, and Nathaniel Burke makes three. They are all weapons designers and high-tech scientists working for the U.S. Army, showing off their latest invention to a senator who probably had a name. We establish immediately that John Henry Irons is a man who wants to create weapons that are effective but not deadly because he does not like the idea of killing other people, much to the chagrin of this very bloodthirsty senator. And she seems to take more of a shine to... Uh, Nathaniel Burke, as played by Judd Nelson and his rapey, rapey eyes. <laughs> <laughs> the the acting Judd Nelson does in this movie is I feel like he knew that this movie wasn't going to do well. And instead of like being over the top and chewing the scenery, he was like, I'm going to see if I can make everybody in a scene with me as uncomfortable <laughs> around me as possible. <laughs> I'm going to speak slowly, I'm going to speak softly, but I'm going to eye-fuck the shit out of them. <laughs> so, 
showing off their next weapon, a sonic cannon that they believe will be able to do things such as blowing walls off of buildings and blowing open doors and, you know, all kinds of cool sonic stuff. Uh, Nathaniel Burke decides he wants to be the one to show it off, and he sets the power way too high to a, 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 a level they have yet to test or even been allowed to test. And not only does he completely blow up the building across the street they're using for target practice, it bounces back and hits the building they're in, crumbling the wall in front of them, crushing the senator to death, and crippling Sparky. Not Sparky. Not Sparky. I, I literally, I think one of the notes, one of the notes I wrote was... Uh, as he is trying to lift the concrete wall off of Sparky, he yells, Sparky! And I thought, oh my god, they killed a dog? <laughs> <laughs> Turns out I was wrong. I also thought I noticed, like, pink foam real quick in that crumbling scene, like they forgot to yeah, paint an edge of something. Yeah, I was gonna say, I, I think some of the fake wall didn't get finish on it. No, and, um, that's what I thought. You know, man, when you only got $16 million to work with... <laughs> Hey, some things don't get painted. What are you going to do? You're going to lose a few things <laughs> in, the, in the edit. It's, that's a um, healthy budget, by the way. I mean, even for the time. Oh, yeah. Now, this is this is the first scene where we get the idea that John Henry Irons is superhumanly strong. And you could initially uh, try to uh, write this off as being adrenaline in the moment to try and save his friend. But it will come back. Yes, it does. It's confusing. They hold a court-martial in which uh, John Henry Irons testifies against the fact that Nathaniel was absolutely uh, responsible for the death of a senator and crippling a fellow soldier. And apparently the army decides to just let him go home. <laughs> That's it. You're a bad boy. Y- you know what? You done did wrong. Go home. Think about so what you, get, you did. you get out of my sight. And bye. Jeez, Bender. Get out of here. Johnny yeah. Bender. Uh, I do lo- I do love the fact that we then cut to a scene where they're in a hallway and he immediately just turns to Shaq and goes, thanks for selling out your brother soldier. <laughs> He's just standing there. It's like, what? what? <laughs> okay. And then he has, he has like a temper tantrum and shoves people out of his way as he leaves. R- right away, too, in the, in the beginning of the movie, I, and I knew he was big, but right away it's like... Jesus Christ, Shaq is so tall. He's giant. This is so, it's so he awkward is, he is seeing two, him interact with he's people. He's two heads above everybody else in this film. Right. It, it just doesn't, not his fault, but no, for whatever yeah. reason, it just does not look good on screen with him that tall. When he stands next to a doorway in a house, it's just too it's, obvious. Like, And, and that's, <laughs> that's why you have such instances as like Tom Cruise has to stand on a box so yeah. that he, he meets the eyeline of his fellow actors because that helps in trying to make sure that there is a, a back and forth that proves these characters have the ability to be on the same playing field. Right. When he towers over absolutely everybody, everybody in this nothing, film, nothing you could do. There is that. not a single moment where you think to yourself, I'm going to assume Nathaniel Burke is a threat to him. <laughs> so uh, he decides that he is not happy with the special weapons group he is in because they led to, you know, uh, his best friend getting crippled and a, crazy fish-eyed rapist getting away with essentially murdering a senator. So he says, that's it. I'm done. I'm out of here. And he quits army. They could do, yeah, we could do that. <laughs> like, he's just like, he's just like, you might be okay with this, but I'm not. And that's it. He's yeah. now no longer in the military. So in this universe, you can just say, nah, I'm done. Yeah. Whatever. I'm out. Bye guys. <laughs> I had fun, but I'm going now. <laughs> Um, he goes to visit Sparky and she apparently yet does not yet know that she's going to be crippled for the rest of her life. Oh. 
so, and he doesn't have the heart to tell her, but he does let her know, I'm going home to South Central. And he does. <laughs> As he is walking around South Central, all seven foot two of him down these sidewalks, <laughs> again, lumbering over every single person they have in this movie. They have everyone say, oh, my God, Johnny, Johnny, you back. John, what's going on? You know, and he's he's bumping fists with all the kids on the on the in the neighborhood, and he's missing free throws at the the basketball hoop <laughs> because it's Shaq, and we are not going to let Shaq forget that he sucks at free throws. Oh, they milk that joke. <laughs> oh, they do, and to the to the point where it becomes a plot point. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes. So uh, he finally meets up with his brother. I believe it was Martin Ray J. Yes, Martin Ray J. Playing Martin. Is that uh, his brother? Is that who it's, it is? it's supposed to be his little brother. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I thought it was like his like nephew. Oh, I that, that was that. the thing is like the problem with him being so big is like it's it's very easy to forget that like Shaq's in his fucking 20s in this yeah. movie. Wow. So like he like because he doesn't really age and he's always been that big. He looks like he's a fucking 45 year old man. He does. He does. <laughs> but they, they go back and they, they return to grandmama's house. Uh, which is the weirdest, quaint little picket fence house in the middle in of South a Central. South Central yes. project. Yes. What? Like, and it was at this point in the movie when I went, oh, we're in a cartoon. Got it. <laughs> All right. I get it now. And so he goes, he, they go in, they get yelled at because they were being too loud. And now Grandmama Souffle uh, j- just evaporated on itself. He finds out that uh, the gangs in the neighborhood have been bugging Martin and trying to get him to join up with one of the gangs. And uh, he's not happy about that. But lucky for him, that never comes up again in the movie anyway. <laughs> uh, instead, he, no gets himse- he gets himself a job at a steel mill where apparently it is perfectly normal to have a couple of fly honeys in their good clothes <laughs> Walking around with hard hats on because that's how they work at a steel mill. <laughs> I caught that and I was like, "These women would never be working I didn't at a steel mill." They, they are in that. short shorts and a tank top, walking around a fucking steel mill. Is the steel mill in South Central? Also, that maybe explained it. I don't apparently, know. but yeah. at the same time, I'm talking fucking OSHA regulations yeah, here. No, there's molten right? metal, ladies. What are you doing? Their You're hair's get not burned. even tied up. They're not wearing safety <laughs> this goggles. Is a fire hazard. <laughs> also, like the uh, the implication that Shaq is this big stud, like. He's been a lot of things throughout his career, but no one's ever been like, man, Shaq, good looking guy. Shaquille O'Neal is not a sex symbol. <laughs> Never voted no, sexiest. No. And that, is, that is probably the, I think that's the weirdest problem is that they had this scene in here just to be like, all the women want John Henry Irons. Right. Doesn't really, <laughs> and yet, don't buy the it. only women we ever see him interact with beyond this is an ex-girlfriend who, spoiler alert, dies in like the next two scenes. <laughs> Uh, Sparky, who there's never actually like a full on relationship with because WB was not going to sign off on an interracial couple. Oh, no, they weren't going to do that. And then his grandmother. Yeah, right. And that's it. So apparently we needed this one moment so we could be like, yeah, women find him hot, but not hot enough for it to be part of the story. (laughs) (laughs) So while he's working at the steel mill, it turns out by some stroke of weird luck. Nathaniel Burke is also from South Central. Oh, that's interesting. This weird, off-putting white man 
who just happened to be working with John in the army in the exact same department, is also from his hometown, but we have no inkling that there was ever a history between them before the army. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of, uh, like, they, it, it, it was like they decided to look at Karate Kid Part 3 and be like, oh, you've got, like, a friend that we've never met. Um, what's that guy's name? Silver. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Terry Silver. Yeah. So it was like, you have, like, a, a friend with deep pockets that's just, like, inherently evil out of nowhere. And we're going to just now use this guy as, like, your, your money, man. Burke comes into town and he seeks out an old friend of his named Big Willie. Hey, Big Willie! And Big Willie <laughs> is this rat-looking motherfucker <laughs> who apparently owns and operates a company that builds arcade cabinets and then ships them across the country. But it turns it's out... Front. It's all the front. <laughs> because Big Willie is a big-time arms dealer. Oh, the guns are in the arcade cabinets? Is that he how that he works? smuggles guns across the country in arcade cabinets. In Pac-Man games. I got it. This movie <laughs> is terminally 90s. I feel like they took that from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, yeah, like a little that bit. Had, yeah. That was one of those things where I was like, this is very Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because of the fact that he's bringing in all of the, the neighborhood kids right. to like run the operation with him. So it's like, He's this weird, non-threatening shredder. That was the Foot Clan hangout, man. It yeah, was a exactly. cool hangout. It was, like a, it was a cleaned up Foot Clan but hangout. But like nobody knows karate, and I no. don't even get the sense that it's like fun for any no, of the kids who are here. It doesn't look like fun. There's no ninjas. The, the only sense that you get it was fun was when they go down to the, the basement with the card, and they go down and you see like the games and the guns, and then they're playing some like hip-hop music. Oh, that's and you're like, right. Oh, this is supposed to be the fun part oh, of this. Oh, that's the thing that I love about this movie is that there is vague hip-hop music yeah. everywhere every so often to the point where the main hero theme they wrote for this movie is essentially taking a knockoff version of the Superman theme and putting this like hip-hop funk line under it. And I'm pretty sure it's the only song that they wrote for the movie. Was that Men, it, Men of Steel? I'm assuming it is because <laughs> it plays constantly dude that soundtrack was kind of big i think that song had ice cube uh KRS okay no one be it's real. not that it's not, it's that, not one. that it's literally it's literally the, the score like the oh, main the score, score okay. theme that okay. they wrote for yeah, it yeah yeah but yeah and it's it's i literally think that they only had the money to be like we need you to give us a theme song for this movie <laughs> and you're also wondering are they gonna reference superman at all at any point i wonder and then they do in the weirdest way but we're not there yet yeah yeah, I'm right. We'll get Come to on. it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay. Sorry, he's talking Grandma about the music. Grandma wants to be a French chef. Move on from that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's What's another running souffle? joke. The souffle. Yeah. Quiet, my souffle's gonna deflate. Uh, I love the fact that this movie is filled with ADR exposition, where apparently uh, the studio, I guess, just felt that there were points where kids are not going to understand what's happening in this movie. So you'll just suddenly have uh, something like it, it'll come up later on when we get into it. But it's like during one of the moments where there's like a big bank robbery scene, the guys who are robbing the bank go running up to the bank and you just hear one guy go, yeah, we're getting in this way. <laughs> we need a line here to explain I'm, this. I'm like, yeah, we fucking get it, man. You made a big show of it. Anyway, Burke, apparently while setting up his plan, he he's decided what he wants to do is he basically blackmails. Uh, Big Willie into funding his ability to recreate these super weapons from the army. And then they're going to sell them off 
to a bunch of terrorist organizations and gangbangers so they can make millions of dollars. Solid plan. Which, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a pretty decent villain plan. Yeah. But he also has this very weird moment where he, he says that there's one specific person he wants to recruit in on this. Uh, so apparently he knows everything about John's family because he is actively trying to recruit his little brother into their arms dealing gang. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, the whole you'll probably touch on it, but that whole weird like recruiting the little kid. I didn't know what was it, it, what they were getting. It at. didn't go anywhere. Is <laughs> it, it never it never paid off. We just kept kept seeing that little kid go with him after he'd be like, "You want to see something cool?" And they'd go away, and then you'd never see what they talked about. Yeah, I, well, that's that's probably for the best. The worst part of it, I think, is is that when he first meets Martin. And, like, his friend brings him in. He's like, you're Martin. I've heard a whole lot about you. He's like, yeah. And he's, like, walking away with him. He goes, you could call me the man. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, this is, that is, that is not even subtle. You have literally just decided that your white villain in your black superhero movie actively calls himself the man. <laughs> there are some amazingly yeah. bad I, you know, lines I catch in that, here. Actually. That's, that's funny. I, do remember I, that I had now. to go back and put on the subtitles because I was like, there's no way he said call me the man. <laughs> Judd Nelson's just riffing. Uh, probably. <laughs> but we, we get like a time jump at this point because this movie doesn't have time to, to kind of like let anything marinate. No. So we got an hour and a half. Yeah, we've, we've got <laughs> 90 <laughs> minutes yeah. tops to fill out what we're doing here. So immediately after Burke is able to get Big Willie to let him in on everything, uh, he suddenly has a prototype built of this gun. And they go to test it out, and uh, the guy who goes to test it, uh, it blows up in his face and, like, <laughs> like destroys his eye. And so uh, one of Big Willie's uh, lieutenants, she's not about this. She hates that this happened and is basically telling Burke, you're running wild down here, and you don't care if anybody gets hurt. And then they point out, they're like, yeah, but the gun works. So he's he's allowed to keep going on with his building of this gun. And she vaguely threatens that, you know, oh, well, you, you say accidents can happen. Well, they can happen to you, too, Burke. So he decides to cut the brakes on an elevator with her in it and kill her. Yes. <laughs> this scene is amazing because they never cut to, like, the inside of the elevator. You just see it fall. They don't from, have like, that money, Imran. I know. It's so funny. <laughs> you just see them from above and below. Yeah, never inside. I do love that when the elevator car crashes to the basement floor, it explodes out of the door so that the janitor has to, like, do a Pratt jump over his fucking mop cart as it just explodes what behind him. Did somebody put explosives in the elevator I, also? I, yeah. Look, honestly, maybe. Yeah, he probably did. I love that he had just had the time to just yeah. sneak up to the he, elevator. Yeah, he, all this he, up. he somehow, he somehow rigged up? all of this up to a remote control that was like a key fob. Right. Yeah, the, the tech in this movie is just amazing. But they finally get their working prototype gun and well and he also gets his black butler now yes oh yeah uh, spencer like, who's got that weird deep high the voice deep, <laughs> yeah the, yeah, the, the it's like the, deep and high at the same the, time it's very the strange deep like devil from legend voice. yes it's amazing right. voice um but yes so he gets he gets his uh his second in command right. uh and they now have their working prototype gun so their plan is now what they're going to do is they're going to send a bunch of gangbangers out with this as well as with a super modded out Humvee so that they can use these weapons to pull off a bank heist. Right. They, so they drive up, 
next to the bank. They use the the sonic cannon to blow all of the windows and the wall for the bank out. And then they use the laser gun to cut a big hole into the uh, the vault. Now, the problem I see with this plan is is that it's not a quick plan. Still, no. like cutting <laughs> through that vault with the laser took a lot of time. Yeah. But luckily for us, at that exact same time, John and his brother Martin are driving around with. Name not given, his ex-girlfriend, who's now a cop. Oh, that's who, the, oh, that's right. I didn't even pick up that that was I didn't pick up on that either. She she makes a joke, or maybe he makes a joke, about something about, you know, oh, well, you remember the last time we were in a car together? Oh, oh. right, right, right. And I was like, ha, they fucked, and I bet it was uncomfortable because he's a big man. <laughs> we couldn't find a bed big enough. <laughs> yeah, so we decided the back seat of a car was better. <laughs> I destroyed a Chevy Impala making love to you. I I also love the fact that they are making they're making like sly references to having fucked in a car while his like 13-year-old brother is driving around <laughs> with them. <laughs> but so I don't even like the problem is, is I don't even fully know where it is they're going, but like it sounds like he has recruited her to bring his brother to like a scared straight program. Okay. Yeah, I think it was like a ride along thing or something. Something. Like that. Yeah. But it was like, yeah, it was it was some kind of some kind of thing where I was like, yeah, well, you know, we're trying to make sure that you don't fall down, you don't go down the wrong path, Martin. He's like, yeah, whatever, man. I'm about making that money. <laughs> I was like, okay, good for you. Uh, I think the light of it was why would I? Why should I learn when I can earn, earn, earn? There's some great and lines in this about, movie. And they had talked about how he, he was getting a legit job working at the, you know, arcade factory. But anyway, and like, and like John's like really proud of him. He's like, oh, yeah, good for you, man. Like, get, you know, getting a legit job. Yeah. And you're like, oh, John, you don't even know. <laughs> anyway, the, the call comes in on the radio that there's a uh, the, the robbery is happening. And so his ex-girlfriend decides, all right, we're going to respond to this call. And I was thinking... The fuck do you mean you're going to respond to this call? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you've got the jolly green giant in the fucking front seat, but you've also got a 13-year-old kid in the back, and you're going to go pulling up on a, an armed robbery? Yeah, it's probably not a good <laughs> idea. What a coincidence, though, huh? Oh, yeah. So they get to this robbery scene, and a few other cop cars have also arrived, and the uh, <laughs> the bank robbers are now using the high-tech laser guns to fire... Roman candles. Yeah. The <laughs> they are Roman candles. <laughs> I, I, I was trying to figure out what I would call that. Yeah, it was like firework. But yeah, Roman yeah, candles. It's, it's literally like I think I think when you see the gun shooting, it's like CGI. But when they show it like flying at people, it's literally like they just lit Roman candles <laughs> off on set and aimed them at each other. <laughs> but they had a lot of fun. Well, I love too that these Roman candles or whatever these are supposed to be like high tech weapons. Yeah. And these hit these cops, and I'm pretty sure they fucking die. It, they would die, <laughs> right? But I'm pretty sure it's implied because we see later one of the people get hit, and he's alive later. And it's just like, oh, so these don't kill you. So it's it's weird, is that I think it's very inconsistent because I think the first cop they hit with it, they kill that guy. Mm-hmm. Like he gets dropped to the ground, and he's not getting up. Mm-hmm. So I mean, maybe he's just stunned or knocked out or something. Um. But while while uh, the ex girlfriend shows up, she and uh, both both Martin and John run out of the car, and John immediately goes running into the line of fire to check on this cop. Well, and, first off, not only that, but Martin gets out of the fucking yeah, car, and you're Martin just like, and you're car. just like, Martin gets out of the car, 
stands on the sidewalk like, and nobody does anything about it. Well, you're just like, this is the dumbest motherfucking teenager ever. Why are we doing well, this trope of the kid being this dumb? That was the other problem was that like, not only is he a dumbass teenager, but the fucking police officer that he is currently like in the care of yeah. reacts absolutely in no way to the idea that he has just gotten out of her car during a fucking armed robbery and a gunfight. You think she'd be like, you guys stay in the car. Where Nothing. was he going? Right. What was he going to do? I guess do? he wanted a better look. <laughs> but anyway, so John goes running out into the fucking line of fire. Now, I'll give him this much. Boy is army, so I could immediately buy that yeah. he would do this. Sure. Um, to go check on the one cop. Martin gets out of the car because we need him out of the car for the next moment. <laughs> when the ex-girlfriend decides she's going to go pull her, her cruiser up in front of the Humvee to block the escape of the robbers. The, the robbers, however... Decide to just plow into her fucking car with the sonic cannon and completely <laughs> flip it over. And not only does it flip over on its roof, it's now on fire. Because this is Grand Theft Auto. And when you flip <laughs> your car over, it catches fire. But now John is starting to notice, I recognize the weaponry that's Those being used are here. my weapons. The fuck is going on? I, <laughs> wish, they allowed, I wish they had allowed him one precision F strike in this movie. And it would have been in this, this coming moment that I will explain. Uh, as the, the robbers are getting away and John is pulling his ex-girlfriend's now dead body out of her <laughs> cr- police cruiser, Jesus. Uh, he looks over and they, they realize that one of the bank robbers didn't make it out of the bank yet, and his boys left him. <laughs> so as he comes stumbling out of the bank to see, oh, there was a gunfight and explosions, and now there's this big fucking dude staring me down from across the street. And they do this zoom in on Shaq's face as he's looking over his shoulder at him. And he just says, it's on now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's the Shaq catchphrase right there. It's one of them. It's on now. That was fantastic. That was great. And listeners, I'm going to tell you right now, it was not on. No, it was barely on. No. Hardly on at all. This is one of the worst chasing <laughs> Now we are going to get into the 10-minute foot scene. chase scene <laughs> in which John Henry Irons tries to run down this, this bank robber down a, an alleyway, over fences, and through a train yard. Wow. A slow-moving train yard. And the, the, this is one of the points in the movie where I'm like, you know, you would think a big guy like that, like he could move pretty quick. He probably can, but when you're filming that guy run, it just looks, it just looks so and fucking you're filming small, it awkward. over and over and over again. <laughs> He's getting tired. And you've got, so slow. And you've got him in like fucking size eighteen Tims. <laughs> He's not gonna. He's not gonna move quick. No, I'm, he's I'm not doing this quick. run twice, and that's it. Now, <laughs> this is where the whole concept about Shaq's height and weight comes into effect. Yes. When they were making this movie, they ran into a major problem. Yeah. That production could not find a stunt double that could realistically double (laughs) for seven foot two, 300 pounds Shaquille O'Neal. So Shaq had to do all of his own stunts in this movie. God, I. Well, and didn't they? They only had like a few weeks to film with him because of all his. Yeah. They had five weeks to film with him. Jesus. Because he was in the middle of going to, I don't even remember where it was that they had the he, 96 Olympics. Yeah, he was in the one that was in Atlanta. Okay, so he had to leave to go to Atlanta for the 96 Olympics. And when he came back, he was in the midst of training with the LA Lakers for the upcoming season. And that was going to be in Hawaii. Oh, and that was, right. <laughs> so <laughs> apparently, 
when it came to that, he saw the he read the entirety of this script yeah. once before he <laughs> left for Atlanta. And then by the time he came back and he was getting ready to actually shoot, he apparently had been working with an acting coach. Oh, he did, did he? Well, here's why. By the time they were ready to shoot, he had memorized all of his lines. Wow. That that's it. That's the acting coach. Can you remember <laughs> it, it, this? Yeah, there was there was no there was no work on emoting or <laughs> line delivery. No. He just yeah. knew the words he had to say just when he had to say them. Memorization. We, we, we should definitely touch on his acting yeah. by the end. Oh, we'll we, touch oh on yes, we will. Back to the foot chase. <laughs> it's still going, it's by still the way. Going. Watching the I movie. was going to say, it's still going, even if you guys are watching along with us. Yeah, the kid's <laughs> not running very fast He's either, not which running. is hilarious. Well, well, both they 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 both jump. They both climb the barbed wire fence, yes. and the barbed wire is not acknowledged that they both just climbed over just the right barbed wire. They never show <laughs> you. Like, they just. Wait I, also, a I also love How the guy. There's the guy who's working in the train yard who sees the 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 bank robber hop the fence and is running yeah. over. He's like, hey. Hey, this is this is a restricted area. Hey, you can't be doing that. <laughs> and so the moment he gets over the fence and the guy gets near him, bank robber fucking sucker punches his ass out yeah. yep. and oh, drops yeah. him on one of the train tracks. Yep, as the train is approaching. So, of course, now, good boy, John Henry Irons, when he gets over that fence and it takes him some time to get over that fence. <laughs> <laughs> he has to go pulling this guy off the track just before yeah. a slow-moving train car crushes his head. Well, it would have been a much better... You've already established that Shaq, John Henry Irons, is strong. Oh, yeah. It's, instead of cl- having him climb over the fence, because it just looks weird, this tall guy climbing over, just have him rip the fence apart. Well, he well, did do thing. it once. He, well, we, yeah, it, earlier on, yeah. when the, the kid first goes jumping, or first goes like sliding in between he two fences the, where, yep. that, are, that are chained together, yeah. mm-hmm. he just rips one of the doors <laughs> off of the fence <laughs> right. and, like, and keeps he, going after him. Is he has superpowers? What is happening here? So He's just that it is strong? at this point that, like, it is established that he is inhumanly strong. He should have just right. stopped the train by standing in front and of that was the, I was I was going to say, <laughs> I was expecting in this scene to have a moment where he was going to be standing on the track and one of the cars was going to be coming at him and he was going to fucking put two hands out and stop that no, shit that, in its tracks. That was too far for these movie makers. That's but too I much. legitimately do think he's a very strong man. So. Yeah, so all that stuff he probably could do. Yeah, I, th- I think... Yeah, I think it just would have been him climbing over the barbed wire fence at after that point was like, what yeah. are you doing? I, I literally, I would have rather seen him like just grab onto the, the chain link just and just like and, rip it in half yeah. like it's a Hulk Hogan t-shirt. Absolutely. You've already established, as you mentioned, that he's yeah. just a strong dude. So anyway. And he and he's fucking shack at seven feet, 350 yes. pounds. So he's 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 narrowly <laughs> catching up to this, this uh, bank robber when the bank robber decides, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to use this super space weapon that I have to try and kill this son of a bitch. And so he fires at him with a, a few uh, Roman candles, but they don't hit and they don't, they don't do anything. So instead, he uses the sonic cannon to completely flip a, a train car over on top of Shaq. But he is able to get out of the way just in time <laughs> to get inside of the train car. And so the bank robber takes off and Shaq comes climbing up out of the train car and sees him uh, running off. Did he climb or did he just stand up? I think well, he just he, stood He might have just stood up, but he's, they show him like having to push his way through the door <laughs> like, on, the, just, on the other side of it. He just stood up. He's so tall. This is so cartoony. In my head, I heard cartoon noises when he hits the train car and it falls over and you see Shaq roll. 
in my head, I just hear whoop, 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 and he's rolling into the hips. Yeah, he, he 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 Buster Keaton's his way <laughs> out of getting so crushed by a train car. <laughs> and so the, the the kid takes off at a run, and Shaq sees him taking off, and is just like, "Damn!" <laughs> <laughs> but then the next scene, the kid is like at a a, a loading dock for some factory, and Shaq appears out of the goddamn shadows. <laughs> And grabs him and pushes him up against a wall and wants to know, where'd you get the weapons at? <laughs> the kid won't tell him. And one of his buddies finally comes back and shoots Shaq with one of the, the, the laser guns, knocking him to the ground. And I hate to inform you, listeners, but it turns out that it was not on this evening. <laughs> it was not on at all. I that was, was a scene where I'm like, these weapons suck. I, that was the thing was like, I was so convinced that they were killing the cops with the guns. Right. That when they shot him and he was just like, oh, and falls over and just lays there. I'm like, so did he have it set to stun? These or? are just stun guns. Well, they're, they're have LED lights on and fucking switches. You could buy a radio check. Shaq's not even wearing like anything. He's not wearing the steel thing. Yet. No, it was, no, it was a nothing. t-shirt. <laughs> what is what is the point of building the suit? This shit didn't hurt you. Yeah. That's a good point. I thought it was going to be on Shaq. So that is also the point when we meet my favorite character in this whole fucking movie. And that is Slats, the leader of whatever street gang they're pretending these people are a part of. <laughs> yeah, well, they can't use red or or uh, blue, so they yeah, went with it's, it's, purple. It's, it's, it's purple <laughs> gang colors. Uh, they, they, with, they can't well, be let's blood just combine or red yeah. and blue and get purple. <laughs> well, if they shot in South Central and they're wearing fucking blue and red, they would have had other problems. Right. So they uh, just combined the colors. Well, yeah. and we'll we'll get into the problems yes. they ran into when it came to filming in South Central. Yeah. After this has happened, we then get to a moment where Shaq is on a payphone out on the street talking to his former commander in the army, Colonel David, played by Charles Napier. Now, if you don't recognize that name, you will recognize his face as the guy who plays the colonel in everything. <laughs> yeah, he's the guy who's always in Rambo, in Silence of the Lambs. In uh, He is always in a position of authority with uh, some sort of like military or police background. This, this man always plays somebody who knows the codes to drop the bomb. Dude, Murdoch from Rambo First Blood Part 2. That's where I remember this guy's face from. He's on the phone essentially demanding to know how it was that this street gang stole top secret uh, army weapons. And Colonel David is letting him know that all of our weapons are accounted for. They couldn't possibly have stolen them from us. And Shaq gets angry and he hangs the phone up so hard it rips the entire <laughs> phone out of the box and it falls to the ground. And it, I need everyone, if you can find it, please find this scene. <laughs> Because it includes one of the greatest reactions from an extra in a movie I have ever seen. There is just one white guy walking down the sidewalk who stops at his tracks the moment that Shaq does this. And as Shaq walks out of frame, this guy stands frozen in fear, staring at the phone. We literally just talked about how in, like he's like superhuman in some scenes, and then some other scenes are like, why wasn't he more superhuman? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's it. like it's like he can't possibly be bothered to be superhumanly strong when it's needed, right. but he'll fuck up your payphone. <laughs> he decides that if he's not going to get an answer from the army, because apparently the army is hiding something from him, instead what he's going to go ahead and do is he is going to go and he's going to find the street gang that did this. It's literally the next day after the robbery. <laughs> and he gets Martin to tell him who the gang is based on their colors. I did not write down the name of the gang. 
It doesn't fucking matter. No, it doesn't. And here we go. He tracks them down to the pool hall that they hang out at, where he confronts Slats, the greatest fucking character <laughs> in this movie. You, you this, gotta be evil if you have an eye patch. My, my guy has an eye patch. <laughs> half of a diamond grill of teeth. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And he's wearing a fucking S&M harness. <laughs> For no reason. This dude fucks. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, he shows up at he shows up at the pool hall demanding to know where it was that they got the weapons. Slats is telling him, ain't got no weapons, man. And don't come around here anymore asking any of your dumb questions. And so he goes to try and get uh, pushy with one of the other guys. They all pull knives and guns on him. He backs up, but he decides to break one of their pool cues in half with one hand to let them know he means business because, oh, they're going to be seeing him again. And he storms out of the pool hall and shoves some random guy on the sidewalk out of the way. And he's like, what the fuck did that guy do? Yeah. That guy's not even wearing purple. He's just, some <laughs> he's just walking by. <laughs> Get the hell out of my way. Like, hey, what did I do? Watch where you're going. So, oh, my God. <laughs> um, at again, this point, here, wait, another point at this point. Yeah. You're like Shaq was clearly there at the crime scene. You know, they 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 he's not like he's clear, very recognizable yes, human he, being. Yes. He just came down to your pool hall and like threatened you. You guys should just kill this man. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, <laughs> just it, shoot him right there. It's one of those things where it is it's one of the amazing things that you get in these types of movies where it's the weird plot armor of villains who for some reason are not going to stoop to murder when it comes to the main character. Right. Where it's like, you have established these guys are hardened criminals who will rob banks with super lasers and shoot the police. Right. But when some big dumb asshole comes knocking on their door, <laughs> the going, Where, where'd you get those guns from? <laughs> they don't do anything. That you're like, nah, man, I'm going to let him walk away because I don't think he'll ever try to cause trouble here. <laughs> Oh, it gets worse. Well, I'll get into it. Oh, yeah. So the truth be told, there's very little that goes on with Burke throughout, like, the rest of this movie until we get to the end. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, not, he's, he's, he's just making guns. Every, every so often we find out that there are more and more weapons being made, that they are building a website, yeah. that, he oh, has, yes. that he has finally gotten Martin to come in. <laughs> and we're alluding to the internet as is yeah, oh, yes, I love my favorite my favorite was the line when he he looks at Big Will and he goes what about our website and he goes it'll be another week before it's online I was like oh the 90s yeah. it's going to take you a week to build that website dude it's they can't even be that complicated you've got geocities it's one html page with a table man just get it up but he's basically planning out that there's going to be a second big showing of what they're going to do with these weapons. At one point, um, Slats calls him to tell him, like, oh, yeah, um, this big, dumb guy came around asking where we got our weapons. Is he going to be a problem? And Burke just tells him, no. <laughs> Don't worry about Don't him. Don't worry about him. He won't come back. It's not a thing. Uh, uh. He goes, okay. <laughs> and then also... <laughs> I, I don't know if this was in the script or if the actor, Hill Harper, yeah. made a character choice yeah. that Slats doesn't eat pork. Oh, oh yeah. that part, that line but is hilarious. But he will hilarious. eat turkey yes. when he's told that a hot dog is a turkey dog. 
and included one of my favorite lines because apparently after they did the heist, he and his boys bought a bunch of, of of gold jewelry and new clothing when he went to go meet up with Burke about yeah, don't worry about uh, uh, John John Henry Irons and we're gonna need you boys again soon for another job. He's like, great. What does it pay? A lot. Cool. And he he tells him essentially like it's like Goodfellas. He tells him like, don't be spending that money. Right. Don't go buying yourself like fancy jewelry. And so he tells him, you got to be smart and you can't you can't underestimate your enemy. He says while he tells him, don't even bother worrying about John Henry Irons. And then tells him, you should eat the hot dog slats. Don't be the hot dog. Yes, that's one of my favorite and lines. Walks away. <laughs> he goes, eat the hot dog. Don't be the hot dog. I'm like, that's just solid advice right there. Yeah, it's a good one. John has decided he needs to do something about this. And if the army's not going to do anything, and if he can't get the answers out of uh, the gang by asking forcefully, I guess, uh, he, he's going to need another plan. And that plan means he's going to need the only other person that knows about these weapons. He needs Sparky. Sparks. But it turns out Sparks is now toiling away in a veterans hospital in St. Louis, lost in a deep depression about the fact that she will never be able to walk again and is in a wheelchair. A wheelchair that apparently John bought for her and sent to her, which means he knew that this was going to happen. Mm. She has stopped writing to him, uh, apparently, uh, maybe not even reading his letters. I find it funny that he was apparently writing to her, but he needed to have the hospital that he thought she was in tell him that she transferred to a different hospital. <laughs> St. Louis. <laughs> and so he flies out to St. Louis and he tries to talk her into helping him, but she's too gone in her self-pity. So he Superman punches a window open. Why are you breaking windows, Shaq? Come on. This is Be- property because, destruction. Because those windows were dirty. So <laughs> now you can see outside properly, but it doesn't matter if you can see outside or not, because he's going to kidnap this woman. <laughs> And my favorite thing that I learned from this movie is not only can you easily kidnap a a veteran of the military out of a veteran's hospital with no one stopping you, especially if you're as big as Shaquille O'Neal, but all of the other veterans in the hospital are going to cheer for you (laughs) as you steal this person against their will. That was, that one was, I was, when everyone starts clapping, I'm like, yeah, I was going, do they know what? He's what are ki- they rooting for? I think the worst, the, <laughs> the worst part of it is, is that they are literally building on the idea that this veterans hospital is basically the mental institution right, from yeah. one flew over the cuckoo's yeah, nest. It is. Yeah. And it's like, no, they're not all here because they have like crippling personality disorders. That guy just lost an arm. Right. That's it. <laughs> yeah, they they definitely play up the fact that like these guys are all mentally screwed up and it's like yeah they're gonna have they're definitely gonna have some issues because they came back from active duty by the way it was 1997 i don't know where the hell they were in active duty what war was that Mm, that's a good point um but kosovo anyway (laughs) he kidnaps this woman and flies her back to los angeles well i love he just picks her up in the wheelchair like it's nothing doesn't even even, like push her out he carries her and the chair if you're gonna be a little more efficient just push her she's got wheels jack what are you doing again why is everyone clapping (laughs) (laughs) are they they rooting for like they were probably like this girl was the biggest b ever she was such a downer we're so glad she's leaving (laughs) 
just sits there staring and making us feel bad. She looks at the dirty window all the time. <laughs> but yeah, they decided that this had to be like the ending of Officer and a Gentleman. It was. <laughs> So they wind up back strange. in Los Angeles because apparently he also, you know, pre 9-11, he was able to kidnap her, get her on a plane and take her over state lines and nobody cared. Pre 9-11, yes, yeah. this is, you could get away with a lot. You could get away with all this. Yes. Big black man kidnaps a white woman. No one pays attention. <laughs> um, oh God, now, now I'm, I made myself sad. Here we go. <laughs> so back in Los Angeles, he brings her to, uh... Um, Uncle Joe's uh, scrapyard. Yeah, like, at, at that point, I'm like, this is worse. Yeah. <laughs> he, broke, he broke her out of a a, a veteran's hospital to drop her t- in the middle of a fucking a dump. Junkyard. A junkyard. <laughs> By the way, Uncle Joe, Richard Roundtree, he's my favorite character in this movie. I love him in this. Richard Roundtree is fucking having a ball in he's this movie. He's so much fun to watch. But they bring her back. He apparently waited until they got to this junkyard in Los Angeles to explain to her what he brought her here for. And even then, he's like super vague about it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're going to do something about these these secret top secret weapons being on the streets and I need your help. OK, what do you need me to do? Write me a list of everything you need. OK, um, the police. <laughs> But we we established that uh, Uncle Joe just creates found art from things in the junkyard. But yeah. Uncle Joe also steals shit from people. Right. Um. Apparently, he steals shit from people to do his found art. So I don't know if that's found anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like high end computer motherboards. Yeah. Uh, that so he's fell off a truck. He's in the middle of stealing everything that she needs to basically be his oracle. Yeah. Which he's oracle. They do. They do comment. I did see somewhere. I forget where that they did say that her character was based off of Oracle from the comics. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But they decide that they're going to take matters into their own hands to get these weapons back. And so uh, Shaq, having, I guess, stolen a metal, like a, a steel forge from, from the, the mill, st- from the mill that he worked at for one day. I mean, how do you steal a fucking forge from a mill? This- uh, uh, Uncle Joe gets what he needs. That's I guess. I, I'm not even not even that. How did he become just a fucking blacksmith all yes, of a sudden? How is he a metal? <laughs> He's a weapons designer. How does he know how to meld, melt a, metal? A, uh, you know what? I had to look deep into this, and it turns out, in order to be part of the weapons programs in the U.S. military, yeah. you have to smelt iron. Get the fuck out. Are you serious? <laughs> no, I'm not at all, Imran. That fuck is a you. weird requirement. I don't know why they would make you do that. <laughs> fucking him. Fucking him. <laughs> so, yeah, he's apparently a blacksmith now, and he, he is crafting himself a steel suit. Yay! Uh, and this is the first time that we see. By the way, he's got a big ass fucking tattoo on his arm. Yep. Of the Superman logo that says "Man of Steel" it on is. it. There it is. The only, uh, I think, the only reference in the whole movie to Superman. Oh, there's, there's one more later oh, on. There is. So odd. So odd that they didn't like black out, like do something with that tattoo. Yeah, but they. They decided uh, that they were going to now go into the montage for the second act montage. of him making his suit and Sparky building her command center 
all set to a gospel song that is constantly repeating the line, steal yourself. Yes, this was the best ever. He is making steel armor and they're singing steal yourself. I thought that song was great. It was a great I, gospel song. I but... literally had to write in my notes. Did they write oh a God. steel gospel song for this movie? I feel like that song existed before. You know, when to. I finally was like actually reading the lyrics, I'm like, oh, I think this is right. I think this is a real thing. They just they decided they were clever. Yeah. It's like a Zack Snyder move there. They're singing, steal yourself, and he's stealing himself. Yeah, I wrote, did John quit his job? Because he <laughs> sure as shit ain't going back to work. No matter. This is a superhero film. Yeah. The foreman's like, anybody see John around? What happened? <laughs> so they finally get to a point where it seems like everything is built. Uh, they, they have everything that they need. Um. And Sparky says, tonight's the night. We're going to have to try everything out. And she's showing him some of the things that she has for him, including a tiny video camera <laughs> that it has <laughs> my favorite reaction. Shaquille O'Neal yes. gives it this entire movie <laughs> yes. where he looks right at it and goes, oh, cool. Video. Video. It's big teeth. You see his big teeth there. And so she also gives him an earpiece that is a transceiver so they can talk back and forth within a 20-mile radius. Now, I said to myself, they made sure to tell us the radius of this because at some point he's going to wind up outside of a 20-mile range. And does he? Not once. No. Nope. There's no point in mentioning the 20-mile radius. doesn't matter. That detail never mattered. No. But... He decides, okay, well, if everything is, is ready and tonight's the night that we're going to try it out, then I have to craft the last piece. And by which he means he just has to take his helmet out of the forge. And they really want that helmet to be a big fucking deal when they reveal it. <laughs> and when they reveal it, it's just this red hot molten piece of fucking metal. So you can't even really tell the shape of it. <laughs> but Richard Roundtree comments, Man, you made yourself into a man of steel now. <laughs> and we are officially into the superhero part of this movie. We got and steel. I have to say, the superhero parts of this movie are worse than the rest of the movie. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Lame. Somehow, this superhero movie is more fun when the superhero's not doing his superhero thing. So they decide the first thing that he's going to do when he's out on his first uh, patrol as Steel is he's going to Batman a mugger. Let, let me comment real quick here on his helmet. Yep. He looks like the fucking, that helmet, look, he looks like the Undertaker when the Undertaker broke his face <laughs> in like 1997. He absolutely does. Or my, 96 or whatever that was. My other favorite thing about that helmet is that this is supposed to be a, a suit he forged out of steel. Yeah. That helmet flexes and bends whenever he moves <laughs> yes. his mouth. Floppy <laughs> John. It's made out of felt. Yeah, it's uh... Also this movie this movie came out a couple of years later, but he also kind of reminded me of when J- in Jason X when Jason X when Jason becomes <laughs> Space Jason. When he becomes the, the giant Uber Jason. Yeah. Yep. I'm like what what is with this mask? Anyways, go ahead. So, uh, a mugger mugs a rich couple and steals like their their money and he goes running off into a uh, an alleyway to try and check out what he he got. And we are now in a very, very quaint Tim Burton-esque moment of, of the original Batman, where while the mugger is going through the things, you just hear this voice booming out from uh, an alleyway, I don't think you should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, as he comes, he comes 
clump, like, just clutching his way <laughs> out of an alleyway through this random steam vent that's coming up out of the uh, the uh, grates. We get to see the steel suit in all of its glory. And this motherfucker looks like RoboCop. <laughs> if RoboCop was made out of foam. It's an amazing cosplay <laughs> also, costume. Another point in the movie where you go, yep, Shaq is just way too big. That's not believable that he could just be hiding in the shadows like that. Yeah, the fact the fact that he's like <laughs> he's pulling like stealthy Batman shit is bullshit. Plus, we're supposed to believe this seven foot, three hundred pound man is now wearing seventy five pounds of armor and still moving around like uh, it's nothing. On. I, the only thing I find uh, I that would, he, I believe that the only thing I find that he did believably in this movie is when he was in that suit, he walked like he was carrying an iron suit <laughs> he did, did because this, yeah. he could not move his fucking he joints. Did the RoboCop <laughs> walk? Yeah. So he bullies this this mugger. He takes the money back and he leaves him like hanging from his collar, eight feet off the ground in the alleyway. I love that the guy's hanging, right? <laughs> yeah. And there's like an arrow in his jacket, and he can't like reach the arrow. Well, it's he, like he can't he reach total- to the arrow, and apparently the fabric of his shirt doesn't tear. Like his entire <laughs> body weight is hanging from it. Hanging yeah. Both things. There's something wrong with both because you could clearly grab the arrow out of your yeah, fucking. Yeah. Absolutely. Jacket. But anyways, go ahead. Uh, so Shaq then returns the money and stolen goods to this rich white couple, apologizes to them on the behest of the citizens of South Central, and then heroically rides away on an escalator. <laughs> but yeah, he steps backwards, <laughs> facing forward, and just goes up. It's so bad and weird and funny. It's one of those moments where I'm like, this is either really stupid or fucking brilliant. Or br- exactly. And I cannot be certain <laughs> which it is. Me neither. But he's he's so jazzed up on the fact that he stops this mugger that when he hears that there is gang violence going on in a different section of South Central, he needs to be a part of it. So he takes off, and uh, a homeless man who saw him in his suit talking to himself decides, I need to stop hitting the bottle. <laughs> because it is 1955. <laughs> <laughs> So we get to we get to this this gang warfare that is happening, and apparently uh, a few guys from I believe it was the Purple Gang, Purple Gang, are being chased down by nameless Latino gang, who are all hanging outside of their lowrider car, firing at them with Uzis. And so Shaq shows up, and he gets bullets shot at him, and they bounce off of his suit, and then he. Fires. Uh, he he takes the hammer. I forgot to mention the hammer. Yeah, there's a hammer. Oh yeah, he's got a giant hammer. So there, he has a a giant steel sledgehammer that was built by Uncle Joe and uh, Sparky to give to him. This is where we get both a reference to Richard Roundtree's career as well as the only gay joke in the movie, in which they say they built the hammer for him. And Richard Roundtree says, "I'm a big fan of the shaft." <laughs> Oh and God, they both look at him, and he goes, line. and they look at him. He's like, he goes, "What? What?" <laughs> and I pick, I, I picked up immediately on the fact that this was a '90s gay joke. It took me a minute to realize it was also a reference to the fact that Richard Roundtree was Shaft. That's yeah, what yeah, I don't yeah. think it was a gay joke. It was the reference to Shaft. I think it was he was Shaft. It, it, it is both. absolutely both. Ah, did he also? Is that called a double entendre or yeah, something, something like, like that? Whatever, you know, it's, it's it's bad. Yeah. Did he do the dipped in shit line at this point? That's my favorite line in the uh, whole movie. I believe that was during during this this moment when he's getting uh, attacked by the gang. 
He's like, dip me in shit and roll me in breadcrumbs. I'm going to start using that. It's a fantastic saying. It's, uh, I really, I guarantee you, I hope to God that was, that was an, uh, an ad lib by Roundtree. I think we should bring that back. But, um, <laughs> so he gets, I, I cannot remember any really details of this scene. The best I can get to are he fights this gang. He shows that his hammer, uh, is also a laser gun and a sonic gun. But also, it has a super powerful magnet in oh, it. Oh, that shit is hilarious. That then just pulls anything that's metal <laughs> in from, like, a 300-foot radius around him. So he, he he takes everybody's guns and even some people's, like, jewelry. And then a garbage can lid and a hubcap also come yes. flying towards now, him. Also, also gets stuck to him. It's the red collar on the, the hammer. Very important detail. So they they decide, okay, well, now that he took our guns, we're all just going to run away and get out of here. So the gangs all take off, and the cops show up. And this is like the first of four times where Sparky tells him that he's about to have the blues. The blues! <laughs> and so we now have to have our obligatory superhero runs away from the cops chase. Very Batman. Oh, jeez. This is also a very slow <laughs> chase. It absolutely is. This is another one that takes 10 to 15 minutes. You ever seen a seven foot, three hundred pound man ride a motorcycle? It doesn't go very fast. I like. Uh, I'm just going to jump ahead real quick, mm-hmm. but I like when they have him surrounded, and he's like, he's got nowhere to go, and he shoots the fucking rappel gun, or whatever the hell yeah, like that the grappling, grappling gun, yeah. grappling gun, and he goes up so goddamn slow. <laughs> With one knee up. <laughs> I have I have written in here when when the cops show up and there's a few of them and they're pointing their guns at him. They're like, put your hands up, put them way up, and he uses the he uses <laughs> the, right. the grappling gun and he. Very slowly starts to ascend up the building, and the cops are just staring at him like, "What?" <laughs> the 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 white bald cop is just like, "Well, he did put his hands up." Well, I guess he put them way up. That's way yeah. up. <laughs> it's just like, I I, I did not ex- like I expected a Batman thing where he's like and like goes real not quick and oh my god, ascent. it is so <laughs> and that's the problem Be- because because Shaq uh, Shaq is so big and they cannot risk injuring him no, in any no, way making this no, movie yeah he is going at a <laughs> snail's pace up the side of this building that, that's a good point i forgot that it, i forgot that he was actively in the nba and 375 yeah pounds. so yes. they can't hurt him and do you think that pose was his idea he's slowly going up he's like maybe oh, yeah. i should put my knee up that's, that's the, like that looks that's, like a superhero it's like it's like this badass superhero on <laughs> flying pose really slowly like, it's, it's a very vague like superman-esque flying pose it's so <laughs> But Funny. he can't lift his knee. No. And so he, he then struggles to get over the top <laughs> of the roof to finally get on the roof. I don't know how he pulls himself up over anything. And he flat foot stomps his way across the roof to then see, oh, I've got to jump to the next roof. And it's like 8.9 meters from roof to roof because apparently the camera that he has in his helmet is also hooked up to the computer spark he has, and she's running diagnostics of course. in real time on <laughs> what's being picked up by the camera. And she's telling him, you can't make that jump. You're going to die. You'll never make it. And he's like, I'm going to make it. <laughs> and he runs and he jumps and he doesn't make it. <laughs> he just narrowly grabs onto like a, a heating pipe on the side of the building. And he makes the comment of, that's one for the computer. <laughs> He finally gets himself up onto the next roof. And by this point, the cops are already on the roof. <laughs> they've taken the stairs and yes. they've caught up with his ass. 
So he goes clutching his way across this second roof and decides, I got to get out of here. So he jumps off the side of the other roof and all the cops are, oh, my God, he jumped off the roof. But it turns out that he's now very slowly descending down the building with his grappling gun. But he's too big and the tensile strength of the wire gives and he falls 80 feet into some garbage. Oh, thank God there was a garbage uh, thing there. But by this point, his suit is falling apart off of him. Like it's falling apart, and he's like trying to hold oh, yeah. on. Yeah, he's like trying to keep it on. Like, like, oh, one I of the, that. One of the leg <laughs> pieces fully came off. The shoulder completely came undone. Like it looks like it literally looks like the costume in the movie like wasn't on correctly. Yep. And they ruined it in the stunt. We're like, we don't have time for another take. Just we gotta go. <laughs> Suit's falling apart. Leave it. It's fine. Just have him pick up the pieces and leave. So he goes running off, and he just pulls a he gets on a motorcycle that he had stashed over in this alleyway never once established before right now which means <laughs> he's got motorcycles he, in every alleyway it means he parked that bike there <laughs> and then he hoofed his giant ass <laughs> Four buildings three over. blocks over <laughs> to where the gang fight was <laughs> expecting yep. that he would then hoof his giant ass three blocks back to get on his motorcycle Sometimes it's just exhausting watching him move. It is. Oh, my God. It's like so I feel tired for yes, him. Yes. <laughs> so he gets on the motorcycle. We now have the cops chasing the motorcycle. It's cops in cars and cops in a, in a, a helicopter. And he's he's having Sparky hack the streetlights so that they're green. Oh, yeah. And even then, like, that doesn't stop the fact that he runs several red lights it's not going to stop the cops from chasing after you. Cause you know what happens when you get a green light, but there's a cop with their lights and sirens still going through the intersection. You don't go. But apparently in this movie, uh, and I'll say this never lived in LA, especially not in South central. <laughs> I'm going to assume everyone decides, fuck the police. <laughs> I'm driving. And I'm going on green. <laughs> he finally is able to outrun them enough and dodge around that. He gets back to the bat cave. That is this fucking junkyard. And he rides in through a secret entrance in the fence and then rides up into the junk pile that is actually like his command center and they hide from the cops. And I get the greatest line in the history of cinema <laughs> when the two cops chasing him get out of the car and look around. And the one the, the, the one black cop goes, son of a butt, where'd he go? And I went back. And I had to read it. He says son of a buck. And it is son of a butt. A butt? A butt. Oh, it's son of a... Not even buck. I thought he said buck. No, it is son of a butt. Son, son of, of a, a butt. butt. I remember hearing that. <laughs> and he has narrowly escaped the police. The, the other cop goes... Well, he goes, where did he go? The other cop goes, uh, the bat cave? Not yeah. funny. <laughs> it's a worse, so stupid joke. <laughs> so bad. So at this point, I guess we, we get a moment where we're catching up with Burke, and he's decided they're going to go ahead, and they're going to do their second big robbery. I'm going to try and speed it up. We've been spending a lot of time with this movie. <laughs> There's a second robbery. The same gang does it. It's been a few days, and Steel shows up. In the, middle, in the midst of this, he gets into a gunfight with the gang. They all have the same fucking guns. This is, whole entire thing is being secretly recorded by Burke. Cops show up. They bl uh, the, the gang blows up the police helicopter. It almost falls on one of the cops, but Steel saves him. And then he runs off to go try and chase down the gang. But I guess they get away. 
<laughs> Burke takes this video footage and he starts sending it out to all of the news sources anonymously that's basically being used as advertising to anyone who will be able to see it. Hey, we've got these guns and I know where you can buy them on the Internet. It's going to be an auction. <laughs> Meanwhile, he has also found a way to try and get steel out of his hair by framing him for being one of the gang members who has these guns. Oh, or I guess framing him as this is definitely this man is definitely steel. And he was the one who blew up your police helicopter. Wait, pause right here. This is a point in the movie where I'm going. Shaq is too fucking big. <laughs> How the fuck does no one know yes, not know that the man in that steel costume is John Irons? Especially, well, there's only one man that is that size. They're even saying around. like he's now he's. It's been days. He's now like a folk hero to the yeah, people of yeah. South Central, <laughs> yeah. and they <laughs> all know that it is a black man who is seven foot three from this neighborhood and there right. is one black man who's seven <laughs> foot three and lives in this neighborhood and everyone's like nah i wonder who it is <laughs> and it's like not really clear i mean it's it's it seems like the uh bender knows who it is yeah. well, he always but they did. don't really but they they don't he doesn't really but it's also like kind of vague yeah. that he like yeah. they, they don't really hint at like he knows who it is because you should know it's fucking. You should know. Everyone <laughs> should know like, who the hell this guy any, is. Anyone who has ever met John Henry Irons well, should no, immediately oh. go. That's who's under that fucking that, mask. That guy. <laughs> Look at those goddamn teeth. Yeah. <laughs> You're telling me that two seven foot three guys with lazy eyes in this neighborhood, <laughs> and one of them's a superhero and the other one isn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yes. <laughs> so. Uh, he he calls the police and he tells them that John Henry Irons is is steel and that they will find one of the super secret laser guns in his grandmother's house. So the SWAT team bursts into the house while he's there with grandma, again ruining her souffle. She'll never get this yeah. souffle right. Uh, and he beats the shit out of like four SWAT cops before they finally get him. He's tossing, he's just tossing him around. Yeah, that scene, I'm like, wait, is this... Bender's game, and that's oh, what wait, I thought. These are SWAT. It's like it's like just fighting. it's just dudes in generic like mi- like SWAT military gear coming in, and he's just throwing them around, and they're <laughs> walking in the back door one at a time, <laughs> right? Until finally, like one of them's like, "You're under arrest," and I saw like, "Oh, he's got like SWAT on his yeah. hat." So like, yeah. "Oh, it's it's actually <laughs> cops." So he gets arrested. They're trying to to pin all of this on him, but the sweet couple that he saved earlier on. Refused to point him out in a lineup because, you know, he was on the right side of the law. That was nice of them. Um, the only time I've ever seen a movie where two old white people did not point out a black man in a lineup. <laughs> it's progressive. You got to give it that for 1997. Oh, yeah. Number two, the, the cop he saved during the robbery also refuses to point him out. Yep. So they've got nothing on him. And apparently they can't prove that he's steel. <laughs> Just oh, look man, at no, him. no chance. No, no video evidence that this motherfucker. <laughs> so they have him in holding, at which point he pulls the fucking earpiece that he put in his mouth when he got arrested out and puts it in his ear. That was nasty. I was like, ew, what does that taste like now? You put it yeah, in your I mouth. Know. I know. But then he just immediately starts talking out loud to Sparky oh about how am I going to get out of here? <laughs> So now everyone in the everyone in the jail thinks he is batshit insane. <laughs> right. Yeah. Everyone comes to the conclusion that he's just insane when he's like clearly talking making to someone. plans yeah, he's, to get he's out. Outright, he's outright talking to someone about how are you going to get me out of prison? <laughs> we then, Guy's nuts. We then get what what I think is honestly 
a pretty clever way to get him out of prison. Yeah. Where they, uh, Sparky and uh, Uncle Joe go to the uh, the district attorney. District attorney, yep. Sign over a package that just turns out to be a publisher's, publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes envelope. But they have him sign on an electric pad that they can then steal his signature and forge it later on. They then also call him up and use voice mapping technology this is to great. be able to deep fake his voice. So you could do that now, but like the signature capture technology, that was like really ahead of it their time too. I don't know if they yeah. didn't really have that. So they then time. have Sparky call the the uh the the police department posing as the DA claiming that they need to have John Henry released immediately. And uh don't worry, we're faxing over something from my office, my signatures on it, it's all clear and ready to go. So bing bang boom, John Henry Irons is a free fucking man. Just in time. Just in time, because guess what? While he is in prison, uh, the website uh, that they miraculously also found for this these guns that Burke is selling has gone live to let people know that it's going to be an auction uh, and they will be giving out the location for it uh, like within the hour before the auction goes down. So that's going to be real difficult for people like the Spanish cartel. <laughs> um or the random like French <laughs> it was like a terrorist. French terrorist. Um, probably not so. I mean, maybe not so difficult for the neo Nazis, uh, who have a, a, a great line about how uh, one of them doesn't understand how they're going to be able to buy these guns off the internet, and the guy who's using the computer says like, "Oh yeah, you can get a whole bunch of stuff off the internet now. You, not just porno." So <laughs> John gets out of prison. They they finally get the the location of this warehouse where the uh, the the drop or the auction is going to be. So he and Uncle Joe are heading off in the van that they have. Steelmobile. I don't know. With by the way, uh, never brought it up before, uh, but very integral to the part. Joe's dog Lily always there with them. That always that with them. golden retriever the is adorable. I was like, oh look at that doggo. It uh, was even part of one of the free throw gags for uh, uh, Shaquille oh, O'Neal right. when he tried to throw a towel into a trash can and it landed on the dog's <laughs> yeah, face. That's great. So they, they head out and they, they get to this warehouse. While they're heading out, it seems that Burke's men have tracked down Sparky and their lair uh, and they've cut off the radio feed to her. And this doesn't bug them at all. Uh, he realizes that the radio feed went out. Joe comments, uh, maybe we're out of range. Shaq says, we're not. And then they just keep driving. Oh, well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they get they get to the warehouse. Uh, they decide they're going to sneak up and try and uh, stop this auction. And Shaq tells Uncle Joe to head back to the, the truck and keep trying to raise uh, Sparky. And if he can't, get in touch with Colonel David, who apparently they've brought in on their plan at some point before, I guess. But now we know. Um <laughs> So, uh, with how much I have commented on how poorly Shaquille O'Neal moves his body around in this movie, (laughs) I at least appreciate that they have decided to make sure that he is not stealthy at all. (laughs) Because he tries to sneak his giant ass into this warehouse, is found immediately. (laughs) He's not hiding. He can't hide. And the one guy who finds him just goes, hey... (laughs) And when he turns around, he shoots him with the, the sonic gun <laughs> and blasts him through a window that makes that, that drops him on the ground in front of the entire auction. Now, one of the big things is that Burke is here. He's now dressed like a Bond villain. Yeah. 
um, which I love that touch. But uh, the problem is, even in Bond villain attire, uh, Judd Nelson just can't be bothered to act in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I get it, man. At a deep point, I get it. But I'm also a shameless clown of a person. So like, fucking give me something. Like, I, this is the problem is you're in a comic book movie and you're acting like a legitimate rapist. <laughs> and that's that's not OK for where we are. <laughs> so he says he's going to he's going to give a demonstration of his weaponry and he brings in slats uh, slats and his gang and says, you know, well, these these are the guys who used the weapons when we did the the heist and they've served their purpose. And he shoots slats in the gut. Oh, no, <laughs> but it doesn't kill him. <laughs> these guns don't kill. It is kill. literally as deadly as just getting shot with a bullet. None of the people there had raised their hand and be like, uh, do these guns kill? Because so far we haven't seen it kill anybody. We have not seen these guns deliver a single kill. And I'm going to assume that was a studio note. <laughs> so he shoots slats in the gut and he's injured. And his gang is there. But now they're all just standing there. Watching slats bleed all over the the uh, the Humvee that they drove in on, as Burke is talking about, like I'm going to be selling these weapons, and who in who among you doesn't want my weaponry when everyone else starts buying it? Can you really run that risk? And suddenly everyone's like, "I'll buy it. I want it. I definitely want it. We're Nazis." <laughs> and Steele stands up and comments that those guns they're they're not. As powerful, they're not, you know, there's, they don't, they're not up to the, the highest power setting. They're not nearly as pow- powerful as my hammer. And it was this moment when oh a God, pit fell out of terrible. my stomach. <laughs> it's so bad. And I said, are they making this movie the literal story of John Henry? <laughs> John Henry and his hammer. He's going to pit his hammer versus new technology? Fuck you. <laughs> you don't get to have that. <laughs> But they do. And so Burke takes the hammer. Uh, I forgot to mention a while back, the first time he uses the sonic cannon on it, he does comment that it's hammer time. Oh, yes. He has that other gray line. It's hammer time. But so he tells him that the the red switch on the top of his hammer, it it will turn it will turn up the uh, the power setting to a, a much higher and more deadly setting. But. You know, Burke shouldn't do that. That'll that'll be oh a, that'll God. be bad. So bad. We all know what so the red Burke, switch does. Burke, being a fucking chump, <laughs> switches the red switch and it turns on the electromagnet, and now all of the guns and everything starts sticking to him. He, he makes a line that he's like, "You know, I gotta do." Yeah. Or like he's, like, "You know, I gotta." I test gotta it push. Out. You know, I have to. You know, I have to push the envelope. Yeah, he's like, right, right, right. And it's just so like bad. you are the damn dumbest <laughs> smart man in the fucking like, world. You you have built and created technology that does not exist, but you are also a fucking moron. How did you get this far? <laughs> so it turns on the electromagnet. Bunch of guns all come flying around. Bedlam ensues now, and it is an all-out war. Now it's Burke and his guys getting into gunfights with the gang, as well as with Steel. We've also, I forgot to tell you, have established at this point that they've rolled uh, Sparky out to show that she's been kidnapped. Her. I don't know how they picked her up, got her back to the warehouse, and held her hostage there while Steel was already on his way to the warehouse. Like, they they had to pass him on the fucking freeway. <laughs> hey, isn't that Sparky in that van? <laughs> uh, 
So she's there. By the way, she's in this brand new decked out electric wheelchair oh, that they've nice. been working yeah. on. And so the Bedlam ensues, and now it's a gunfight, and he's going to help out Sparky, and she's helping him out because she built fucking guns into her uh, I love wheelchair. Her wheelchair. I love this moment. She's she's spinning in circles, shooting yes. people with wheelchair guns. <laughs> it is the fucking coolest thing. It's a great wheelchair. And so then he's like, you gotta get out of here. <laughs> and so she says, okay, and she punches it with the boosters built into the back of her wheelchair so she can just drive really fast through the middle of a gunfight. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully I won't get shot. Let's go. With, like, uh, no uh, armor or anything Huge whatsoever. fucking target just going 10 miles an hour. Yeah, it's going faster. <laughs> through the middle of a fucking gunfight. Not gun really fight. that fast, but she's got a rocket engine on it now or something, yeah. Uh, one of the goons tried to jump Uncle Joe, uh, got jumped by Lily instead, and then Uncle Joe beat him up. So now he came running up to the warehouse. Um, he's there. <laughs> Uh, Burke disappears and comes back out to reveal, by the way, I also kidnapped your brother and, uh, I'm, I'm going to kill your brother. And I don't remember how they get out of this, but they get out of it. <laughs> I think the gang helps maybe. Yeah, because at this point, I don't really remember, there's also yeah. a kind of change where he's, the gang gets on his side and they kind oh, of. Oh yeah, the gang's helping the, him out now yes. because, you know, Burke was going to kill them. Yes. And slowly at that, because he gut shot its slats and just left them there. So now the gang is cool with steel because like. He's not trying to fucking murder me. So they're helping him out. The kid gets away. I don't even remember what he did. But he gets away from him. Steel gets his brother. Uh, the building's on fire now. They're trying to get out. He winds up like running into a small room that the, the guy who is uh, Burke's second-in-command goes to lock them in after throwing oh, a live oh, grenade this in a, with oh, them. This is a great scene. So now there's a live grenade in there, and they're, oh my god, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And my first thought was, dude, you're in a steel yeah, just suit, dive just on lay it. on yeah, it. Yeah, dive. I thought he was going to dive on it. I thought he was going to lay on it, but no. We we have to pay off a through line for this whole movie, <laughs> because just a bit above the door is a hole in the metal mesh in the wall, and Steel's going to have to free throw that grenade out of this room. And if it's not clear already, Shaquille O'Neal is not good at free throws, something I picked up and I know nothing about sports. And he makes it. <laughs> and the grenade lands outside. A grenade that is so conveniently long fused. Dude, this is the slowest exploding <laughs> grenade I've ever seen. I was trying to count. It's like 20 second fucking thing. It'll, it lands outside the room and the henchman that locked him in there sees it. And this is probably one of my favorite I know I'm about to die moments. Oh, my God. I laughed out loud. Because so for great. a man so who great. has the deepest voice I've ever heard in my <laughs> life, he lets out one of the most high-pitched shrieks <laughs> when he realizes he's going to die. No! Find this on YouTube somewhere. You have to watch this moment. Yeah. His reaction is so good. It's this is That's the kind of chewing the scenery I want in this movie. Yeah. So he's dead. They get out of the room. It turns out Burke is still alive. He decides he's going to show off his brand new weapon, which is like a super power plasma ball cannon oh, or something plasma. like that. That's on that's on the, the back of the Humvee. And he fires it at steel. And it bounces off his suit. <laughs> and it bounces right back at Burke. <laughs> and kills him. I like how sometimes the shots bounce off of him, and sometimes it just gets absorbed. Like there's no he, reason for he he has he has shots like especially with the 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 Roman candle guns. Yeah. He had shots that would bounce off the armor, 
but he also had shots that would absorb into like the weird chain mail yeah. he was wearing and like kind of hurt him, but not. Yeah. Like they make a comment er- earlier than this. After the, the, the second bank robbery, he gets a cut on his chin, which is the only visible wound we ever see him take in this movie. But they also make a comment that he's broken a bunch of ribs. Oh, yeah. And it's like, And how? his like heart rate is all fucked up. It's like, how? What? Or his breathing when? rate. When did any yeah. of that happen? <laughs> I'm sure it was when he got hit with a sonic cannon or whatever. Also, by the Fuck, end of this, I was like, you know, he has a hammer. He never used it as a hammer. Nope. Not he used it as a gun. It was a fucking every gun time. every time. I was like, you didn't even use it as a hammer, you idiot. It was a hammer-shaped gun. Yes. Yeah, he never used no. it. At, at, what the hell? <laughs> I thought that moment when the car was coming, he was going to take the hammer and... Uh, it was, yeah, he was, gonna, he was just going to bash yeah, the hood no. and like flip Let's over or something. No. No, no. By the way, in the meantime, I looked up that scene again where he, where the guy no. sees a grenade and he he yells no so it's good. So it's, it's great. The look of horror it on is, his face. It is such, it's such a satisfying moment of no. comedy. It's a better death than Burke gets, that's for it sure. Is. Oh, it is. My gosh. He, he got the death that I wish yeah, Burke yeah. could have had. The, pro- the problem is... Is because Shag is so fucking yeah. big, you can't do like a hand to hand combat. They're not scene gonna. With him. They're not gonna fist fight in the middle of a burning no. warehouse because he's just gonna. He's gonna. You know what they could have done because it would have been a great John Henry moment. Is they could have gone hand to hand and he could have railroad spiked his ass into the oh, ground. That would have been fucking hilarious. And left <laughs> <laughs> like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. It would have been great. But so the the building's burning down. Sparky and Uncle Joe are trying to run away from it. Martin and, and John don't know how they're going to get out, and then they decide the way they're going to get out is they're going to drive through the wall with the, the, the crazy souped-up Humvee, and they are literally mere inches from running over their own friends. I know, they stop right in front of them. that car. <laughs> oh, no, it's not even that they stop in front of them. They punch through the wall inches behind where they were just standing. They were, they like just moved out of the way. And then they, they you could have killed them. What are you doing? Yeah, so he could have escaped and accidentally murdered the woman he loves <laughs> or likes a lot. Maybe uh, is it has has a, a friendship <laughs> with. So they get out. That's great. Everybody that knows, everyone that's his family now knows that he's Steel. But Burke's gone. Uh, the the army wants to work with Steel, but he says no. He uses the voice changer to pretend to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, this is also a bizarre choice. Yeah, and, and like the one point when the colonel is just like, be honest with me, are you John Henry Irons? And he goes, I've got the goal now. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's that is a very obvious yes, you <laughs> moron. You are so bad at everything you do in this movie. <laughs> and so it turns out that after this happened, now grandma has her French restaurant that she runs out of her house, which I'm going to tell you right now. That's not going to be legal. <laughs> I think you need a license for that. It's not zoned for restaurants. Nope. But she has her restaurant. She finally made her souffle. The souffle is there. And Sparky has uh, upgraded her wheelchair yet again that so it can allow her to stand so she can finally hug John Henry. Yeah, just a friendly hug is a where, nice, a nice little, where it ends. Some, some, you leave some space for the Lord. And you give her a nice house. A little space between us. By the way, she's half a step away from being a goddamn Transformer herself. Yes. Which is amazing. But congratulations, we have made it to the credits. Oh, shit. And there is your steal. Okay, listener, we're going to take a break so you can process, uh, grab a beer, take a deep breath. (laughs) We're going to come back after these promos and figure out what the fuck happened 
to steal right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. What's up, guys? Gerald from Two Peas on a Podcast here. Are you just sitting there thinking to yourself, man, I really love some dude in his garage sitting around talking about arbitrary countdowns and his favorite things in the world of movies, music, and TV. Well, guess what? That's me. Please look me up. My name is Gerald, and I am from Two Peas on a Podcast. If you want to subscribe to my countdown show, I have a different co-host every week. It's often someone from the world of podcasting or entertainment. And we'd go through our top five favorite things in whatever that week's category is. You can find links to all of our content, subscribe via your favorite podcast app, and follow us on social media. The easiest thing to do is just head to our website, which is www.2peasonapod.com. I hope you look me up and join the party. It's a lot of fun. See you soon. You have to watch it. It's so good. It was all right. Your friends may have decent taste in movies, but their incoherent reviews are getting annoying. I don't know. I just didn't like it. Looking for a new podcast? Join Time Sensitive, where we break down the recent movies you've heard of, but may have missed. Spoilers included. And we get it. You're busy and can't see everything, but are you really going to track it down a year later? We take the time so you don't have to. Find us on Twitter, at TSMoviePod, and find out what we're watching. I'm Sam. I'm Ian. And I'm Kate, and we're three friends and armchair movie critics. Seriously, invite us into your living room. Kate, stop. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Time sensitive, because you deserve better. Doc and Nerd Listener, if you enjoy the show, if you love the What the Fuck Happened series, it's one of our most downloaded episodes we have. Consider supporting the Jock and Nerd podcast. It's a great time to join our fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jock and Nerd! And for as little as $3 a month, you get access to an exclusive RSS feed that has bonus content. The shows come out early. There's instant reactions, movie reviews. Big thank you. To our buddy, the official jock and nerd scientist guy of the podcast, Dr. Adam Morris, PhD, for increasing his support uh, this week. Oh, shit. Thank you very oh. much, Dr. Morris. That's Del Hauer's arch enemy. Oh, that's right. <laughs> One of these days, Morris. Morris and Del Hauer in the octagon. Stop. Stop <laughs> making there be a, a fucking to, beef between us. We buried that shit three years ago. To start a thing. And it was Imran's fault. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. I'm trying you to bring it, it back. You gotta go ten steps, turn around, shoot each other. <laughs> it's dual time. I'm not Aaron Burr. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Burr, sir. Anyways, thank you, Dr. Morris. Uh, jock Talk is back. Anthony, you and Chaz oh, yeah. uh, put out yeah. a Jock Talk. Me and Chaz talked about sports. Lovely. It was See, fun. We do talk about sports. It's on the Patreon. You got to sign up. And then everyone, if you uh, sign up for $5 or more, it comes with now Discord benefits. You can join our exclusive Patreon-only Discord server. I still don't server. really understand what it is. One of these days, Anthony will join us. <laughs> Not this week, Not though. this week. We're actually doing our first official monthly hangout Thursday, July 29th. That's a day after this show posts, or if you listen to this right away. Uh, look, visit the Patreon post. You can figure out how to get to the server. And we're just going to hang out. We're going to do these on the last Thursday of every month. The next one is August 26th, Anthony. So mark your fucking calendar, you bastard. You might even get to talk to one Matt Delhauer. Oh, wow. shit. Oh, come shit. and hang out and geek out. Uh, come one, come all. Discord, Jock Nerd, but Patreon. But I'll tell you right only. now. Yes. 
We're all going to come. We're all going to come somewhere. It's going to be very fluid. Lovely. Anyways, jockandit.com slash Patreon. Sign up. I don't want to come now. Damn, dude. Check your diet. Oh, God. Should you should talk to a doctor. It's like pineapple. That. What? Oh, I, eat, I eat well. Uh, I have a good diet. Okay. Del Hauer. I do. No, I don't. I eat like shit. <laughs> I was going to say. I Damn. used to eat well, and now I barely eat. I eat like shit. I'm exercising, though. It's a plus. Del Hauer, what the fuck happened to steal? Uh, Wait, I can answer this. Okay, let's start with some Before, general thoughts. Anthony, go, and we'll get to Del Hauer. You know what happened to steal? Yes, what happened? They cast Shaq yes, in the main role. Did. Yes. Lame. You know, that's pretty I mean, much it. The movie all around it is not good. Don't get me wrong. And it's very tropey. It's very, it's very uh, cliché. But the fact of the matter is, is Shaq just cannot act, and no, that's that's he just died. the downfall of the movie. He just can't. Yeah. he cannot act at all. The movie is actually somewhat fun in some sense, but he just he he can't emote at all. And uh, they were trying to capitalize on his popularity in one sport in a sport and tried to make him a, a popular actor, and, and it's much harder than you would think. That's it. it. Does not work. I will give the movie points for two things. This uh, for having a uh, a lead black actor in a superhero movie. This is very early. This predates Blade, right? In fact, this was them and Spawn. Yeah, think, this right? year, mm-hmm. nineteen ninety seven, Spawn and uh, this movie gave us black lead superhero characters. But now, uh, slow your After roll, my dude. Meteor Man and Blank mm-hmm. Man. I was gonna say those were the two. This the, those two movies are what this movie reminds me of. Yeah. Except. You have Shaq in the, yes. the lead role. Yeah. But I mean, the Meteor Man and Blank Man were great, but now you have like legit established, you know, comic book I, characters. I actually liked Meteor Man yeah. and Blank Man. Oh, those are funny fucking Well, movies. and I think that's because they were movies that knew what they yes, were. Yes, right. exactly. This one did not. And then the other thing I give points for is a representation for like a disabled person that actually joins the fight and has weapons and, you know, it's it's Oracle from Batman. But that's also very progressive, and I, I like seeing that in this movie. Sure, yeah. <laughs> that's about it. That's the only two uh, bonuses. Yeah, sure, I'll, I'll give I'll give them credit yeah. for it. It's it's this this is not something that anyone would have thought they would see get put into a, a superhero Absolutely. film at the time. Absolutely. So when the character of Steel first uh, came around in the comics, as we had discussed, it was on the back of the death of Superman in the nineties. I don't remember the year. I'm going to go ahead and say 93. 93 is correct. Oh, thank you. Um, This is when we brought about the character of John Henry Irons, who had been vaguely established as a side character in the Superman comics before he was made into Steel. Initially, the Man of Steel, later shortened to Steel when he got his own comic. And he caught the eye of one Quincy Jones. That's right. That Quincy Jones, Jones. and he became a a fan of the character, and he actually was very uh, adamant on the idea of helping to bring the character to life in a film because he was quoted in saying, I hate to see children who don't believe in the future, and I believe Steel could be a role model for them. Quincy Jones wanted Steel to bring hope back to the disillusioned and cynical youth of the 90s. And boy, if you thought they were disillusioned and cynical, then (laughs) just fake Just fucking wait, Q, man. (laughs) That was the thing he wanted to do, and I cannot find where it was that they finally brought along uh, Kenneth Johnson to write and direct this movie, yeah. um, but I'm assuming he was brought in from Warner Brothers, since Warner Brothers already owned the rights to the DC comic catalog. Mm-hmm. So they were the ones who were already making the movies, such as the Batman movies. 
Kenneth Johnson gets brought on and he said that he was very uh, excited to be working on this movie because it was a chance to not only get away from the TV show work that he had been doing for a while, but he had been quoted in saying that he wanted to be able to create a character that could speak to the uh, race relations in our country as they were at that time because he himself had grown up in a house with a fairly anti-Semitic family and saw the uh, vitriol that could come from that kind of thinking. Mm. He wrote this movie, which I would say the race relations that were going on in America at that time mm. play zero role <laughs> yeah. in this film. <laughs> For someone that wanted to really influence and change things, you really didn't touch on any of that. Except maybe the Nazis, but like, yeah. so... It, it was so fleeting. It's just so throwaway. They're, they're there to be a cartoon yeah, it's villain. it's right. for a joke. And, you know, the race relations stuff comes from Alien Nation that he'd been working on is like a, 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 an allegory, a metaphor for race relations. Also, this is the only first and last movie he's ever directed. So that mm-hmm. should be noted. The, don't be surprised. <laughs> But he got brought on. Now, one of the big things was that uh, when Warner Brothers was getting this movie put together. Oh, wait, he di- he directed Short Circuit 2. Sorry. Oh, you mean the one where Fisher Stevens was in brown face? Yeah, that's the first one. Both of them. That's both of them. Yes. Great. I'm, I'm glad he's really touching on the cultural problems of race in our country. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, I also cannot find where it was, but at some point along the lines of Warner Brothers and Quincy Jones wanting to get this movie put together, along came Shaquille O'Neal, who became an executive producer Unbelievable. on the film. Uh, I think he probably became an executive producer later on when they first decided they were going to bring him in to be in the film, because despite the fact that Kenneth Johnson was campaigning very hard to get Wesley Snipes to yep. play the character of John Henry Iron... WB said, no, we are going to have it be Shaquille O'Neal. Can you imagine Wesley Snipes in this movie? And me, I don't know. Would it have worked? Maybe. Mm. Mm, the movie's really bad. It's just bad. All it I don't think it would <laughs> it have helped. He, he would not have saved this no. role. Also, I, I don't see Wesley Snipes. It, like, I, I don't know if they added the super strength thing in because it was Shaq. Yeah, you can't do that with I Snipes. I don't buy Wesley Snipes, yeah. like, ripping doors off of fences. That's a good point. Um, but they said, no, it's going to be Shaquille O'Neal. They were dead set on him because they believed number one, he was already seen as a role model to children mm-hmm. based on a lot of the work he had done outside of the NBA mm-hmm. through, uh, charities and a lot of the things that he got involved in at that time. Number two, uh, he's a very recognizable name and we're at a point where he's already been in Kazam and space jams a thing. So basketball stars in movies are selling. I mean, well, Space Jam did. Space Jam is... <laughs> he might have been cheaper, too, than, like, an actual actor, probably. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. But then know. he became EP, so... Yeah, well, now <laughs> he's getting the money. The third thing they said was they wanted Shaq because that was a way they were definitely going to be able to sell toys to kids. <sighs> of course. So, they get along and they go ahead and they write the movie. Uh, Kenneth Johnson really wanted to try and nail... Uh, the the feeling and the the uh, culture of South Central at the time of the mid '90s, and apparently it is said that when he had finished one of the drafts of the script, he then had gone out into South Central seeking out a lot of kids who were out and about in the neighborhoods and having them read excerpts from it and using them as consultants on whether or not the dialogue was true to form of the area. Wow. I like to think that's where the line son of a butt came from. Well, it explains a lot of the lines. Like, I'll be dipped in shit and rolled in breadcrumbs. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, I think that's absolutely where the line of I don't need to learn, I just need to earn came from. And then the, uh, Uncle Joe goes, look at here, boy, you ain't Superman and you damn sure ain't getting paid. That's definitely that, a that kid. That one as well. Definitely a kid wrote that. It. Yeah. <laughs> but they have their script, they have their cast now, and they go into filming. And they're filming in South Central Los Angeles for 51 days. 32 of those days are night shoots for all of the steel action. Oh, no. And they said that a lot of what they had done was they had filmed at night because they wanted to avoid any kind of issues they might run into with the legitimate street gangs that populate South Central. And it still didn't save them. <laughs> oh, jeez. Because you're telling me that at any time during the day, you're going to be filming a movie where you're going to have cop cars running around South Central and a police helicopter flying in. Gangs thought that these were legitimate police. And started opening fire on oh, the helicopter. Shit. Oh, shit. And trying to shoot out all of the lights that were up on the cranes, thinking it was a raid. Jesus Christ. That's the ghetto bird, as Ice Cube says in his song, Ghetto Bird. I want you all to take a moment to recognize that people put their lives on the line <laughs> to make steel. To make a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes movie, yes. Wow. Wow. Filming and wrapped. Um... I believe they had wrapped everything with Shaquille O'Neal first before they filmed all the other things that they didn't need him for. Uh, we already went through the whole thing about how they, they had to have him do all of his own stunts. Um, we talked about how Johnson did not want him in the role because he is not an actor. Correct. So we will now get into the release. And we've already touched on this beforehand. The fact that this movie made $1.7 million in the box office domestic because Steel did not release worldwide. Warner Brothers, in having seen, number one, I think, the box office failure that was Kazam, as well as the not-so-lucrative attempts at a black superhero movie, such as Meteor Man and Blank Man, had zero faith yeah. in a black-led superhero movie, which is why they only got $16 million to make this film. It's why this movie looks cheap as shit. Yeah. It's why they hired a TV writer and director who, I'll tell you now, this entire movie, yeah, looks like it was made by a TV it director. It looks like a made-for-TV movie. Some of the there music is, that he uses, it's straight-up made-for-TV movie. There's absolutely nothing interesting or dynamic about the camera placement, yeah. the lighting, yeah. anything in the way of set design, costumes, absolutely everything in this movie is so bland. Yeah, yeah it looks like a sitcom. Yeah. Looks like a TV show. This movie gets fucking panned <laughs> by critics everywhere. And part of the problem was because when they were advertising and doing marketing for this film, Warner Brothers made all of the marketing for what anyone who has seen this movie can say is a kid's movie. And they marketed it like it was going to be an intense sci-fi action oh, thriller. Geez. And if you watch it, if you like go on YouTube and you find the trailer, it's got the movie trailer voice guy telling about how, you know, we are in a world where violence runs the streets. Uh, it's so dark for no reason. And it's it's all of these action shots. And they even pepper in some of the humor, including like the hammer time and everything like that. But it is cut to look like it is literally going to be RoboCop 4. Wow. They did not know how to market this movie. They gave it a PG-13. They wanted to draw in everyone be like, hey, it's going to be an action. It's going to be a superhero action movie. Let's get the teens in there. And what they got was fucking Disney Channel. 
Yeah, the tone of this movie is not is not serious at all. Like I said it earlier on, there's no way I can describe this movie better than terminally 90s. Yeah, absolutely. Like to the point that the bad guy has a layer that is like a warehouse where they've got chain link fences <laughs> while they're like guys who are just doing things in the background. Yeah, the sparks going off. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, what are the sparks doing? <laughs> Why are you guys welding you the walls? You gotta have the sparks in a welder always. I don't know what and that the, guy's and, doing. And Bender is just, is so, just progresses, progresses into such an evil guy for really, like, no reason. No, he, yeah. Like, we, we start <laughs> off, we start off with him basically being like, yeah, this dude's probably not great. Like, right. he's, he's essentially talking about how, like, I think the tax, tactics of the army should be shoot first, ask questions later. And you're like, yeah, there's definitely people like you in the military. <laughs> but then it's like, as it keeps going on, it's things like, I will I will willingly shoot anybody in the face if it means I get to have a dollar. Right. It's like, okay. And it's like, I'm going to murder children. Why not? And I'm going to sell guns to terrorists. And you're like, what is happening? <laughs> and it, it gets to a point where, like, during the auction, somebody makes a comment where it's like, you know, you don't want money. You want power. Yeah. And he's like, oh, there's a thought. And it's like... <laughs> When when did that come into play? Because everything throughout this whole movie has been how, like I'm going to be super rich. So now it's not even about that. You want to be what a dictator? Uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't understand that His either. Motivations it's like, all by over the end the place. of the movie is I will like, say what's going on. The thing that I find interesting about it is is that his plan was that he is going to sell. Like I, I didn't get into this in the plot, but we'll talk about it now. He's going to sell all of these electric electronic laser weapons to all of these various terrorist organizations and like communist countries and skinheads. But the problem is, is that they are all highly complicated proprietary (laughs) electronic device. And the only way that you can keep them operating properly and charged is to come back to him and have him do maintenance and, and recharges on all of the weapons. He's like leasing them and they're like lease. he literally is Apple. <laughs> He's like, you're going to come back to me for software updates every three months. His entire plan is the iPod. <laughs> he did it. Since That's actually a very good point. Yeah, I, 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 did, I did catch that, too. And then I'm like, he He's Steve is, Jobs. He's Steve He's Jobs. leasing weapons. He's leasing yeah. weapons. Diabolical plan. Like, <laughs> I, I, I have to give them credit that, like, it's original. This dumb <laughs> 90s kids movie has come up with the most ingenious <laughs> fucking capitalist scheme I have ever heard of for a bad guy because it's what we do now. Yeah, it's so ahead of its time, this movie. every Everything you buy now falls apart very easily. You have to either buy a new one or you got to take it to specifically that company yeah. to get taken care yeah. of. Cars, electronics, fucking appliances, everything. We have essentially decided to live in a world that is run by fucking John Bender <laughs> from the Steel movie. What about now, Dad? That's upsetting. That's a great observation. <laughs> I will say the thing that I, I find surprising is I didn't hate this movie as much as I thought I was going to. I'm in the same boat. I expected that this movie was going to be abysmal, and while the acting's not good, the writing is not good, everything about this movie can be categorized as not good, yeah. it still was fun bad. Yes. Yeah, I Yes. I, because 
I got to have those moments where I'm just laughing, going, what the fuck am I even watching? <laughs> well, there are moments in the film where they kind of lean into how, like, it's almost as if they either, maybe they're leaning into it, the, the kids part of it, mm-hmm. but it felt like to me they were leaning into, man, this is really bad. We're just kind of going to have... Like there was some fun stuff in yeah. it. They yeah. realized that they were campy. Yeah. yeah. Like there's there's even a point when he is getting into a fist fight with gang members and they are doing the Batman 66 like musical stings yeah. every time he hits oh, somebody. Really? I yeah. missed that. Yeah. Oh my god. In that in that that first gang fight when they try to fight him hand to hand, if you go back and watch it, it's it's playing like, you know, the, his fucking hero theme on repeat. Yeah. But every but every time he hits somebody, you get a wow. <laughs> I was like, they knew it. They knew that they were making a fucking campy movie. Did anyone know, else notice too that, like, throughout the entire film, I mean, maybe, they maybe they didn't film this in sequential order, but the girl in the chair, her acting just gets considerably worse and worse <laughs> well, throughout the entire has, film. They, I wouldn't be surprised. They have really, she, they gave her really bad. They dialogue, gave her the worst lines, and she's constantly going, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. She's got, she's got terrible dialogue. She has a fucking seven foot plank of wood as her partner to try and <laughs> yeah. get chemistry Nothing off of. to bounce off of and it's so cheesy and Whoa. i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if as time went on making the movie annabeth gish was just like the fuck am i doing she's here? good she's a good actress like she's done she's a lot not of stuff. great in this movie she she floundered in this movie and she's... i will say like judd nelson has never been amazing yeah. But he's better than what he's oh, yeah. done here. He's, yeah, he's phoning yeah. it in for fuck's sake. This guy. Well, what was it? The uh, like the little finger touch thing. I feel like that was basically like '90s movies had this shit all the fucking right, time. True, like the where handshake. You, you had to have like a, a cool secret handshake with your best friend, or like in Face Off, it was the weird thing where he would touch his daughter's face, and that's a way oh, to yeah. be like, oh, that, that's how you know it's but her, this is her from father. ET. It's the ET. This phone is like, home yeah, it's like, it's like, it, it's like an ET finger thing. And I think that's the only, they were like, look, you know, corporate's not going to let us have them be in love. Right. So they, they have to be just fucking t- Arnold and Gerald from Hey Arnold <laughs> and have like a secret handshake. Just touch fingers. Uh, the, you know, they, I believe they talked about a sequel at some point, but I don't know if you could reboot this. This could have been like their Iron Man before Iron Man. It's a little bit like well, Iron Man. Think of it, oh, think of it this way. Think of it this way. This movie follows the same basic outline as the first Iron yeah, Man. Exactly. That's yeah. what I was thinking. She's Pepper Potts and he's Tony Stark. He is literally an arms dealer that yep. sees the danger in what he yep. built and decides to use his own ability. Yeah. To create an armor suit to fight the people who are utilizing his technology for ill-gotten gains. Now, com- now compare the, the yes. performances between uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Downey Jr. And Not Shaquille even just the performances, just the writing, everything. The, the, I mean, everything. Would here's have to the, be changed. the here's the best part. Here's the best part. Fucking Iron Man didn't have a script. Yeah, they were when they, they were made writing that, that shit out as they were shooting it. They're just making shit up, and it came out like ninety percent of that movie is just Robert Downey Jr. being told, "I don't know, man. Fucking make it up. Just Let's go." Riff. But you know what? Like you said, though, this is one of those. I mean, it's, as you mentioned, clearly a bad movie, one mm-hmm. of the worst movies you'll ever see. But also like a bad fun. It movie. It is a bad fun movie. It's fun. Yeah, it's this fun is parts. this is throw on throw on with a bunch of friends at a party yeah, and laugh a good at drinking it. Oh, yeah. movie. I mean, I mean, right right away from the opening scene when Shaq delivers his first line, you're like, "Yep, I know what I'm getting." <laughs> I, I know where I know where I am and what I'm seeing. Oh yeah. no, <laughs> uh, it's so good. Uh, was so this was with DC like. What were they? Do you have any idea of what they were expecting? Like this was kind of like 
Batman, Superman, and then yeah. like Steel. Yeah, like, this was, yeah. This was I was gonna say it, it was it was they they had Superman, they did Batman. This came out between Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Okay, so you're in a bar- really shitty time yeah, for DC. Yeah. And the the thing of it was was that you know I think the reason that this got picked up and it ran with it was because you had Quincy Jones fighting it, they're like chomping at the bit for it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was also because. He and Kenneth Johnson were pitching to DC and to WB, essentially, that this could do what we wound up seeing decades later yep. with Black Panther. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. They've wanted that to this, be their Black Panther. This would Panther. be the superhero yeah. movie where black people can finally have their hero. And they got this. <laughs> I mean, it's Warner Brothers. You know, are you surprised? They don't know what the fuck they're doing. They haven't. They still don't. I mean, and and beyond that, you know, at this point with Warner Brothers, uh, they were they were you know in development hell with trying to get a Catwoman movie made with Michelle Pfeiffer. Yep. Right. Um, I think at this point they were they were also bouncing around ideas for Green Lantern before that finally wound up getting made like six years later. I think Catwoman was the next the I, movie. I don't know why I consistently think that Green Lantern came out in 2004. No, that would have been worse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because it feels like a movie that would have come out in Jesus, 2004. Jesus, it came out in 2011, yeah. No, and it looks like a yeah. 2004 movie. What um, a, what a just, just an interesting choice it, of, it was, of it's, character, it's a, tra- a trajectory I never would have guessed. Yeah, just yeah. a bunch of things that kind of coalesced into this goofy-ass fucking thing. And this was this was at a point where they were they were starting to do like the Justice League cartoon and everything. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like their other characters weren't getting noticed. But Steel is actually kind of a cool character if you, they did it give it uh, did it right and had were able to connect it with the Superman universe. I, I have character. to believe I have to believe, it, not at all based on any evidence, but they they saw Shaq. They were like, yeah. "Oh, he could be a movie star because yeah. you know Space Jam and all that." You know, and he was in Blue Chips before yep, that, yep. and Kazam. Although mm-hmm. Kazam was probably made at the, around the same time, but they I probably think- just looked at that fucking tattoo on him and were like, "Oh, <laughs> oh, that he should be super." That's his real tattoo, right? That is a real oh, tattoo. Shit. Yeah. Uh, I think I his think- nickname in in the NBA was Super. Okay, I think by the time that they were getting into production for. Uh, Steel was around the time Kazam was coming out. Mm-hmm. So, like, when they were bringing him on and they were hiring him and they were making him EP and everything like that, nobody had any idea that Kazam was going to be such a huge fucking flop. <laughs> no one had any idea how bad of an actor he really yeah, was. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And even the show, him, him flexing his executive producer and, you know, Shaquille O'Neal can do whatever he wants. Like like Imran said, he's on one of the songs on the fucking soundtrack yep, to this movie. I'm a rapper too, bitches. Yeah, I mean Shaq was uh, Kazam five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Sh- wow. Shaq, yeah, that's, it, that's Kazam's a bad. I remember seeing Kazam. That's a bad movie. That's Kazam a movie is, that uh, that's a movie that often gets confused, and everyone thinks like Sinbad. That's made a movie the other. Like that. Yeah, that's the yeah, that other. Was, that was the 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 Mandela yes. effect thing about yeah. it. But so this initially it essentially kills Shaq's acting career in the future. Oh, yeah, it's you over. don't. Yeah. No. He 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 decides. Yeah, I'm not I'm not doing this anymore, and no one's gonna fucking take a gamble on Shaq after Steel. He, he does no. roles as himself and little cameos that are fun, but he didn't really play a character again after this John Henry Irons. You couldn't. Nope. I mean, no, you, you, you you that 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 acting is like. It's like Sharknado. Uh, you level. know, unless if if not worse. But I feel like like an independent director or some weird person can can take him and 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 make him into something interesting. Uh, now. So here's the problem. Maybe. Um, Shaquille O'Neal 
like there are a lot of people who say that Keanu Reeves is the most wooden actor there right, is. Right. Um, Shaquille O'Neal makes Keanu Reeves look like fucking Shakespearean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's and true. it took yeah. it took something like The Matrix and John Wick yep. to finally get to a point where people are like, you know what, we. We've been sleeping on Keanu Reeves. We actually appreciate him and his work now. He's a legit action star. There is nothing. No, nobody wants to see Shaq. You no, could no. give to Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> that would make me go, you know what? I was wrong <laughs> about this one. Uh, I watched not. that motherfucker lumber around in boots <laughs> and jump over fences, and he's never going to be John Wick. No. No. <laughs> He's not even. It's just like yeah. It, it's not even fun to see him move around. That's no. That's, it's not. It's, it's ex- so it's awkward watching him. On, yes, and, and he's just so big. Like you can't frame him right. Like no. it just unless he's a villain, you can't do anything with I him. I just realized, Anthony. There's one thing we were actually wrong about. What's that? He has done one other role oh. in which he played a character. Oh, who's that? I, he played, I believe, a cameo as a cop. In one of the Grown Ups movies oh, that geez. Adam Sandler made. Oh jeez, that kind of because why would you not have Shaquille O'Neal just show up for a day and be like, "Let's the registration." Wait, yeah, <laughs> showing up, showing up in 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 an era of Adam Sandler movies, which no one wants to watch or no one quotes anymore. Yep. Oh, he plays Officer Fluz Fluzu Fluzu. 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 That's, oh, that whatever. is a character. Oh, that is that is that such is, an Adam Sandler it's name. Such an Adam Sandler. Uh, Fluzu Fluzu. And he's going to come in, and he's going to be <laughs> Officer Flazoo. He's going to have a piece of pie, <laughs> Officer Flazoo. Uh, wait, I got to mention on a related note, quick spoiler alert for Superman and Lois on the CW. Spoiler alert. So if you haven't watched okay. it and you want to watch it, stop listening. But John Henry Irons is on the show, and he's a great character. On the, he makes a return. He's, and he's great, and he comes from another universe. Superman and Lois is a fucking great show, and... Uh, you know what that means? What's that? They're gonna fucking kill that Superman. Oh, oh boy. Oh, and... May, well, they were, they're doing a kind of a thing where... Yeah, sort of like that in the show. But he could set him up. That's a and good, that sucks, man. Tyler is my favorite fucking Superman. He's a great Superman. The show is better than I thought it would be. I really love it. It's basically the show is like, what's one thing all Superman powers can't help him with? It's being a dad. Being a dad. Yeah, it's great. And it works. And it sounds cheesy, but it's so fucking good. She's a reporter. He's an alien from another planet who's actually super strong. <laughs> and they've got kids. they got two kids. they got to raise in this crazy world. How are they going to make it happen? Wah, wah. He's faster than a speeding do, bullet, do, do, but do, can do, he do. handle homework? <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Wednesdays at 8 on ABC. <laughs> Join Clark and the kids. New sitcom <laughs> on ABC. Clark's kids. But so John, the character of Steel, John Henry Iron, still very much current in uh, whatever they're doing now on the CW. It's very good. So You know what I want? Give me fucking Cyborg Superman. Cyborg Superman oh, would be cool. Be that is one of the most fucking tragic stories. And what I love about it is it's basically DC decided to take the, the origin of Fantastic Four. Right. And was like, what if it just fucking killed them? <laughs> Like two of them turn into plasma people. One of them's fading, phasing in and out of, of existence, and the other one just melts. <laughs> it's it's like, horrific. Yeah, dude, this is horrifying. Yeah, yeah he's. It's a horrifying looking character. That's like uh, the fucking uh, first half of the Fantastic Four movie. The body. I horror. mean, it's literally what they did for uh, Two Face's character in Dark mm-hmm. Knight. 
where yep. they, they CGI his. That's how you would do cyborgs. I mean, his face would just have to be melted. And it's, off. it's oh, yeah. frightening to look at. Yeah. By the way, uh, speaking of uh, of 2015's Fanta Force yeah, Stick, yeah. Still the worst movie we've ever done. You think so? Wow. Wow. I think Worse I do. Than Steel? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Yeah, look, yeah because man, they were trying. Yeah, they were actually that's the, trying. That's, see, this is the thing, is I have said, ever since we've done that movie, any movie we have done beyond this, I can find something <laughs> yeah. to enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, that movie was so joyless. Wow, yeah. I could not ever yeah. bring myself to willingly watch it again. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah that's, that movie's not even. There's nothing redeemable about that. Like, I, I will probably never watch Howard the Duck again. Oh, that's a fun movie, though. But if you put a gun to my head and went, "We're either watching Howard the Duck or we're watching Fantastic Four," oh, like Howard the I'm Duck. I'm gonna say God, Howard please. the Duck so goddamn fast. <laughs> that you know what? It's funny. That was our second. What the fuck happened? Uh, before we kind of like figured out yeah, man to i do, peaked early yeah, no but with, it was before we realized like we should do old movies it was a new movie it had just come out and it was already but yeah. it was that bad it is that bad no it was it was that yeah, bad it was, it was that that just yikes all right good stuff del howard thanks for doing the work and the research i needed a break thanks for doing the heavy lifting yeah, of course, man. I, 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 I love coming in here every 18 months <laughs> and just giving you one day off. Yes, I fucking need that because then it helps with the burnout. But we'll get you on here sooner. Think about the next one. I don't know. Sure. Uh, what? Do you, and you yeah. know, you know, yeah. I have the ability to show up to do episodes that aren't Oh, I know, this. I know, I know. I watch stuff. I've got opinions I, on no, things. I know, I know. We've had to come on and review stuff, so. <laughs> I could do witty banter with Anthony. So, yeah, yes. let us know. And I can he's put you with, in a box. I you, can this is fight you with Rug Boy about Twitter. Oh, you're just the what the fuck happened, guys. Stay in your lane, uh, Del Howard. No, I'm kidding. Uh, all right. No, let us know what's coming out that you want to talk about. You're always, you just got to let us know when you're, I know you're I don't fucking free. know, man. All right, I'll hit you up. Like, I, that's the other side of it. I also, I don't keep up with shit. <laughs> like, I, I, there's, there are things that I'll watch and I'll definitely see movies and stuff like yeah. that. But like, I'm not trolling the news sites and yeah. shit like that. Yeah. I, I, I look for you to do that. I understand. And then every so often go, hey, you want to chat about this thing? And I go, Imran, my wonderful great friend, I would love to do. Listen, that. we have a lot of superhero movies still coming out this year, so I'm going to be calling you. And uh, that's great. Calling I yes, keep don't make sure the phone is not busy and you're not using it ever, because I will be calling you. Just sit next to it. And I don't. Wait for I me. don't answer phone calls anyway, Imran. Wait for the phone. It's always a robot to ring. I know. I can only no. renew my warranty on my car so many no, times. No, every phone call is someone trying to rip you off. Don't answer the phone. It's very dangerous. Uh, what do you want to plug anything for the listener as we peace out? What do you want? What do you got? Uh, quick plugs that I can yeah. do uh, at the moment. I mean, go and check out. I was recently on uh, Dig on America. Oh, my God. Okay, hold on. Holy oh, shit. shit. I'm glad you mentioned that. Listener, I'm going to put this link in the show notes. I have to. I meant to tell you the fucking bit you guys did was so fucking hilarious tell him about was it the was it the 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 prank mary Snap no it was, it was the fox news interview with mikey famine as obama and you as mark hamill's mark hamill's uh. joker <laughs> and you're interviewing obama and it was the fucking hilarious it was so good uh, oh yes so good. It, it 
That was a lot of fun. Dutch really loves uh, making me do do Joker to the point where Mikey yelled at him. <laughs> stop was, making him do <laughs> Joker. Was like, you know, he could do other characters. <laughs> Fucking stop making him do one but thing. Mikey does an amazing Obama too. He does. You know? He does. He does a spot so, on. And Obama. you do an amazing Mark Hamill Joker. So it was just a fucking surreal conversation to listen to. It, it was is, great. It was it was a shit ton of fun. Great. I had a lot of fun on that episode, yeah. despite the fact that like half that episode was me having fun and hanging out with them, and the other half of it was me raging nice. over the idea of politics and comics being a new concept. Yeah, it's not new, people. Where are you? But anyway, I absolutely uh, recommend checking that one out, as well as a bunch of other episodes they do. They do a whole a, a lot of great work over there. I'm sure you're, you people have been listening to Dig on America. Yeah. It's, it very much crosses over into you know, the same, the same listener pool. It's, it's it definitely, it does have a lot more things to do with politics, so I can understand if you're a little burned out on that, you know, we do share listeners, though. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't 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 feel like you have to listen to every episode, but, you know, don't run from it, baby. It's life yeah. <laughs> there. Don't run uh, from it, baby. Beyond that, you I am not yet consistent because what am I ever? But I'm not yet consistently scheduled on when I do uh, streams on Twitch. Yeah. But I am streaming on Twitch at uh, Maddie DVO TV or Maddie Devo TV. If you're nasty. And I'm on there. I, I tend to do variety, but a lot of what I do uh, almost often is usually either Dead by Daylight or other horror games oh, nice. because people love seeing this chunky white boy <laughs> scream in horror. <laughs> like the henchman at the grenade. No! Exa- yeah. It- <laughs> no, that's great. Make sure I'll put all the links in the show notes. Listener, follow him on all his socials because he always posts when you're streaming. Uh, Maddie DVO TV, wherever you can find me on social. Yeah. So that's Instagram and YouTube and. Uh, well, not really YouTube yet, but uh, Twitter. I'm I'm vaguely uh, uh, on TikTok. Oh, really? Don't expect don't expect shit. Oh, I do it all mm. because mm. I'll tell you now, man. Like this this is one of those things where like I could scroll through that shit for hours and it's fun and it's funny and everything like that. But when it comes to the point of knowing how to like make a TikTok video that's going to be in any way worth watching. Yeah. I feel like the oldest fucking troglodyte there has ever <laughs> been. Use this where I'm like map. looking at the camera being like, so how do I make it do this thing now? <laughs> so there's a few things where I've done a couple VO things on there and I've, I've done maybe one or two like, you know, reaction videos to shit where it's like, hey, you know, millennials, listen to this and let's do five fingers down. And I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. Make me. Make me realize that the new generation hates Dude, me. You just got to keep it simple and be fucking entertaining and funny. That's all. It's the best hey, I know, man. See, this is the problem, though, is that when I love Imran's goal... giving you advice that's on all TikTok. You, that's all you I know. When the, when the goal is make something the kids are going to yeah, like, that's hard. my brain immediately goes, they fucking are not going to like me. What are you doing? You moron. You dumb 31-year-old asshole. What are you <laughs> doing here? <laughs> You'll figure it out. It'll be fine. Check him out on TikTok. It's going to be fair. I think I might just steal Anthony's backflip video and put yeah, that on Yeah, over there. and over again with different effects each time. <laughs> and then just, yeah, I was going to say, just make it, you know, Anthony backflipping to different well, music. But just, but just like Photoshop, like a, just a picture of your face on my face. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah, my face on, on, your, yeah. on your olive skin yeah, body. Right. You, you green screen, you have him in the background, you just point at him backflipping. That's a TikTok video. That's what they do. Look at this guy backflipping. That's it. Hey guys, look at this yeah, asshole. Yeah, that's it. That's all. That's all you got. His asshole backflip. Fucking, <laughs> fucking jumping five feet back. What are you, an idiot? <laughs> you got a backflip in place. What is that? What kind of form is that? All right, yeah, 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 listeners yeah. are like, what are you talking about? Uh, you know what? Check out the po- Patreon. Sign up. There may be some bonus content explaining what we're talking about. Backflip, sure. Yeah, because that was funny. 
Uh, okay, that's it. Listen, it was funny. It was <laughs> really it was funny. The backflip conversation was funny. Oh, Get that gotcha, on gotcha. Patreon. Yeah, the, 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 the conversation is pretty good. The flip itself was a little bit funny, but <laughs> no, no, the flip itself that's a high paywall on Patreon. Yes, that's for, to, you. Got to be you. Got to be elite. Oh, the flip itself, you have to give us thirty bucks a month to see the flip. You can hear us talk about the flip for three dollars a month. Pat Sign Downey up today. will pay that right yes, away. Yes, he will. Talking nerd. You hear that? You can find the flip at Anthony's Black Flip. Uh, all right, we're gonna backflip the fuck out of this show. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the nerd. We'll peep you next time. Get the fuck out of here. It's over. What are you still waiting around for? Go home already. Yes, sir. Jock and nerd.